0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.
1: Kickstart your adventure now with a new good golf cart from Country Carts of Brookhaven. Good golf carts are assembled right here in Mississippi with the best features around. And best of all, they're street legal. Country Carts of Brookhaven, 401 Highway 51 South, phone 601 748 0454.
2: This is Gerard Gibbert, and thank you for listening to Middays here on Super Talk Mississippi.
0: Get ready, get ready to go beyond the headlines.
2: Everyone, and welcome to Midday Super Talk, Mississippi. I'm your host, Gerard Gibbard, along with a rhino in the Element Wealth Studios, guiding you through the middle of your day with facts, fodder, and fine music on this hump day. Welcome back, Rhino. Howdy, howdy. Well, uh, I presume your fourth was enjoyable? Oh, yeah.
3: Had a good time. Had some uh, some days off, and then yeah. last minute had to burn a vacation day because the uh, the apartment pest control people were coming, and there was scuttlebutt that it was something nefarious. But uh, then he showed up with this little dispenser with powder and put it in the cabinet. It's been about 30 seconds, <laughs> and he didn't show up till about 5.30. So I very well could have come 530? to work and not burned a vacation day.
2: Is it one of those deals where they say, we'll be there between 8 and 5?
3: Didn't even give me a time frame. It oh. said, hey, these buildings will be there on this day. I got And you. I got the
2: email on Friday, didn't see it till Sunday. Oh, man. Well, that's uh, that's rather painful to have to sit around and wait like that. But it happens. Yeah, I get it. I certainly get it. So we, we talked yesterday about uh, the... Precipitous rise in the price of your July 4th barbecue. Burnt through that 18-cent savings of last year in a hurry. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Up 17% year over year and uh, no end in sight. However, the price of oil per barrel, fell below $100 for quite some time, in quite some time, I should say, yesterday. And uh, it's volatile today, trading of the commodity. But Joe Biden, you see, let's think about the chronology. First, it was OPEC when we started to see the rise in the price of gas. It's OPEC. Then it's the record profits by the oil companies Then it's Putin. Putin price hike. Now it's small business owners. The president once again says that these high gas prices they are a function of the small business owners that most of which own gas stations, convenience stores in this country. And they got to go out there and change the price now. My message to the companies running gas stations and setting prices at the pump is simple. This is a time of war and global peril. Bring down the price you are charging at the pump to reflect the cost you're paying for the product and do it now. This is another illustration of a person occupying the White House who has. Zero understanding of market dynamics. Zero. But he surrounds himself with people who fully understand it, like Kamala, who just offered another word salad response. She was in the Crescent City of New Orleans, New Orleans. but she needs a spell checker, doesn't she?
3: That's not see? how you spell Louisiana.
2: You see that, folks? Seriously. there is There was a backdrop. Uh, Such as the one we have here in in the studio, typical on on sets where you're recording a session. You have some sort of canvas-type backdrop with some imprint of – related to whatever it is in this case. It was – what the hell was it, Rhino? Some sort of summit, New Orleans, right? Yeah,
3: some symposium. Yeah. Some meeting of the minds. But Some excuse to spit nonsense and people <laughs> all clap like train seals. She
2: did. And in the backdrop, folks, if you haven't heard, it, it um, had whatever the label, the title of the event was and underneath, New Orleans, Louisiana. Except the spell checker didn't work on the spelling of the state of Louisiana. And I was left out. And... It's embarrassing, is it not? You're the vice president. You ain't got enough people in your orbit to make sure that stuff's right. And as a leader, maybe you ought to put your eyes on that before you take the stage. But she didn't. And she was asked a question about um, the price of gas. And it's high, you know. (laughs) It's high. And because it's high, it's high. I mean, it made no sense whatsoever. But Joe Biden, he goes out and says, do it now to the small business operators who make two to four cents per gallon, by the way. Zero understanding of basic economics. And you don't even have to understand economics in this case. Just a little bit of understanding about the supply chain, as it pertains to the uh, the oil and gas industry, from from drilling and exploring and extracting out of the ground, through processing and refining, through delivery, all the way down to the retail sellers of the fuel we put in our vehicles. But he doesn't understand it. I don't think he understands much of anything related to economics. And this is what happens when you elect a career government animal who's never made a payroll, never had to honestly worry about where his next meal's coming from because the taxpayers have paid for it his entire career. But... He got a little backlash. The U.S. Oil and Gas Association, in response to his tweet, the president's tweet, where he says he implores gas station owners, bring it down now. The U.S. Oil and Gas Association tweets, quote, working on it, Mr. President. In the meantime, have a happy 4th. And please make sure the White House intern who posted this tweet registers for Econ 101 in the fall semester. (laughs) Touche. That was excellent. True story. Gosh, his silliness here even drew the ire of Jeff Bezos. He criticized the president. He said his remarks amounted to either straight-ahead misdirection or a deep misunderstanding of basic market dynamics. Ouch! Inflation is far too important a problem for the White House to keep making statements like this. Now, just to clarify, Bezos gave the president $1.8 million dollars. To one of the packs, I'm sure. But he contributed mightily to his election efforts, uh, and now he's calling him out. And that was not being nice about it, honestly. So, this is another situation where we got someone who is directly responsible for causing this economic pain who refuses to acknowledge that any of his policies are a factor. Therefore, he will never address those policies and reverse those policies. It's just simple as that. It's everybody else's fault. Now it's small business owners. And someone who I always find interesting, Charlie Gasparino over there on the Business Channel, he's been around Wall Street his entire life. He does have... Relationships and firsthand access to a number of CEOs around Wall Street, all of whom pretty much supported Biden. Now they're all saying, We're pretty worried now. We got a guy in there that doesn't have a clue. And now they would react often to Trump's tweets. They hated Trump's tweets and they made that known. That's fine. But now they're saying, We, we got a problem here. We got a guy that's in the White House. That really is an economic moron at the end of the day. And we got to do something. And so it just feels like there's a bit of an implosion going on right before our eyes, even from who have been very loyal supporters. That the banks and uh, now Jeff Bezos calling him out. The industry. The oil and gas industry tweet though, you have to admit, that is an absolute classic. <laughs> Send that intern to econ one oh one. That is excellent. We got a lot going on today. We're gonna to talk about it all. At eleven oh five we got Aaron Rice, the director of the Mississippi Justice Institute. We get his thoughts on the trigger law that's supposed to go into effect tomorrow. And then Terry Herring, the president of Choose Life Mississippi at 1205. Stay with us.
4: Ben Nelson Golf and Outdoor is now offering easy-go units with maintenance-free elite lithium batteries and an unprecedented eight-year warranty with unbeatable energy efficiency. Only at Ben Nelson Golf and Outdoor. Exit 114 in Gleickstead or online at binnelson.com.
8: the best made to order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th and Gold Sports Cafe. Homestyle plates full of catfish, shrimp, and rib tips, just to name a few. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call
5: 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. At Clinton Body Shop, we really do take pride in perfection. And that's why we've been awarded the ICAR Gold Certification for our 30th year straight. oem certified repair using certified parts if an insurer tries to steer you somewhere else tell them you want the shop that's certified by the manufacturer of the car you drive we're located in clinton and richland or online at clintonbodyshop.com
4: we're here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning 6 to 9 breaking news quick shots analysis all right here on supertalk jackson 97.3 Check it out. Let's do it. The talk that keeps Mississippi
0: talking. Middays with Gerard Gibbert.
9: Let's get on
0: with it. On Super Talk Mississippi.
5: the
10: hoople
2: what does that mean exactly Mott the, what's a hoople <laughs> doesn't matter does it <laughs> oh god it must mean
3: something because the album was called Mott that's true I want to say that's when I was in high school if I'm not mistaken mid 70s uh, oh. I want to say that one came out in 72 or 73
2: oh. okay yeah about then
3: and if I'm not mistaken, that's actually a cover of a Kink's tune?
2: Really? I think a, so. A Kink's tune. Okay. could be wrong. I I know there is another version. You're right. Uh, but I can't remember the artist, the band who performed it. Hmm. Well, I have to figure that out. Thomas and Greenwood. I give it to you on this one, Thomas. I like this meme you sent. And it's... Uh... <laughs> It features Joe Biden. He's behind the wheel of a vehicle. And he says, Mr. Gas Station, tear down these prices. <laughs> of course, that a play on Ronald Reagan's famous, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. <laughs> and then that, underneath that photo of the one of Biden, tear down these prices, it's... <laughs> It is the photo of a Wendy's in the car that Mr. Biden is ostensibly driving at the drive drive-through window. Sir, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> oh, you have to laugh a little bit because it's just, it's so insane, this guy. Barking, first of all, you know how I feel, no secret, I do not think government has a place whatsoever in any sort of attacks on the private sector like this, unless they're breaking the law. That's different. That's a concern, then, of government. If they're not, stay out. It's none yet. But when you call out a specific... Even then, if they're breaking
3: the law, if you're just making a political statement, you're not fixing anything. You're right about that.
2: I guess I would only say I'd, I'd give them a pass somewhat on that. I agree with you. You're not fixing anything because it's the, it's the government's business at that point. Right. But in this case, it's none yet. You don't have a dang clue what you're talking about. You'd be better off shutting up because every time you try to speak about this subject or almost anything economically – You make a fool of yourself, you and your vice president, and your press secretary. Oh, good grief. But over the weekend, listen to what Biden had to say about how long we should endure these high prices of gas. How long is it fair to expect American drivers and drivers
11: around the world to pay that premium for this war?
5: As long as it takes. Russia cannot, in fact defeat Ukraine and move
2: beyond Ukraine. Ah, it's Russia. Of course. Russia, Russia, Russia. Now, there's no doubt, based on the way the price of oil is structured, it's a global commodity, that Russia's production and their invasion of Ukraine, it's a factor. But that that could be mitigated by unleashing the vast oil and gas resources we have under our feet here in this country. But he refuses to do that. Now, Karine Jean-Pierre, who, let's face it, was selected not based on, once again, her qualifications, her merit, her expected performance, not based on who she is, but rather what she is. She is a black, gay female. Jackpot. Lottery boom, 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 yeah, you're in. Now, I'm being critical of her. Not because of that. I don't care. I'm being critical of her because she's incompetent. She's incompetent. You failed to even consider her competencies, her core competencies in making this selection, as you did across your cabinet for the most part.
3: In fact, they've argued that doing so would be prejudiced.
2: Exactly. You mean choosing one based on their merit? Yeah, that's white supremacy. It's the end of democracy when you do that. No, it's the march to mediocrity. And speaking of mediocrity, listen to Jean-Pierre, Corrine Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, try to explain the situation with the high gas prices.
4: Thanks, Green. How did the president go from blaming high gas prices on Putin to big oil to small business owners now?
12: Well, here's the thing about that, um, Peter, is when you look at, um, as of this morning, when you look at the crude oil uh, and when you look at wholesale oil prices as well, they've declined about 15%. And so, retail gas prices, however, have only declined just about three percent over the same time period uh, as we have seen uh, with uh, crude oil prices and the uh, wholesale gas prices. And meanwhile, those same uh, retailers are profiting; their profit have gone up about forty cents, nearly forty cents, in in that same period of time. So, what the president is saying is that everyone along that chain, along that production chain line, needs to needs to make sure that they're doing what what is possible, their part in bringing down the, the cost for for the American people. That is what we're asking. Consumers should not should not be the first to pay and the last to benefit.
4: Jeff Bezos says the president's tweet about this is either straight ahead, misdirection, or a deep misunderstanding of basic market dynamics, which as,
12: as you know, we we completely disagree with Jeff Bezos. Look, we will continue to call on everyone along that distribution chain, as I just mentioned, from oil companies to refineries to distrib- distributors to to retailers to pass their low lower costs uh, through to con- consumers. That is what is important to to make sure that we should not make again. Consumers pay first and get that re- and get that relief last. Okay.
11: Mm -hmm.
2: What is a production line chain?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The production line chain is the little chain between two posts that keeps you from going into the restricted area on the production line so that you don't lose an arm.
13: Okay,
2: I got it. Production line chain. So I know, folks, you're only hearing that sound. Right now, you were watching it. The one observation I took away from that was that it was it was a bit smug. The look on her face was in her hand gestures were like, let me explain to you how this all works. I, I got this. All. Is that right did pretty it? much It comes across that way. No 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 let, let me explain <laughs> let, let me unravel the mysteries of the supply chain from raw product of crude oil. To usable consumable gasoline let me explain to you how that works and she just happens to have insight into the profitability and the economic model of all these small private businesses she just got that right she knows that she understands it But she's being disingenuous on the ceasefire tax line as a former gas station owner, your average markup is $0.20, cents, if you're lucky. That $0.20 cents profit per gallon you make, and you have to pay the state highway fund uh, $100 per tank per year. You have to pay the environmental quality people to dollars 50 year, if I remember right, once every year, uh, three years, overflow protection test, run around $600, yeah, yeah. So I get it. So what this individual is saying on our C-SPIRE text line is, yeah, you may have a $0.20 cent gross margin, but you got lots of other... What are called selling general and administrative expenses, that's the accountant terminology, SGNA, that has to be reduced. That is re- that reduces, excuse me, the gross margin dollars produced, which in this case is 20 cents. And by the time you you cover all the other expenses associated with being in the business, you end up with about two cents, if you're lucky. Net profit. And that's what we're talking about here. But you heard her say, oh no, 40%, I think is what she said. She's trying to well, make. She said this 40, 40 cents. 40 cents. Where did she get that from? She doesn't have a clue. As if $0.40 is making everybody filthy rich. Well, at least 40
3: percent would be uh, an arguable point. That's true. $0.40 out of nowhere with no context is just nonsense.
2: Total nonsense. And it's not rooted in any... any
3: Is it $0.40 on the dollar? Is it $0.40 on 10 Is it $0.40 on a grand? Or
2: per gallon. Yeah, nobody knows. She doesn't know either. But she's trying to convince you she's all over this. That's what bothers me about this whole deal complete lack of understanding uh, and really shouldn't even be venturing into the discussion of this because you don't understand it, nobody's buying it, and it's just wrong. It's just inaccurate. It's false. We'll step aside for a break right here. We are in the Element Well Studios. It's middays. We've got Aaron Rice, the director of the Mississippi Justice Institute at 1105. We're going to talk about the trigger law supposed to go into effect tomorrow, prohibiting abortions in Mississippi.
8: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, a 60% chance of rain under mostly sunny conditions, high near 93. Tonight, showers and thunderstorms likely, or around 75. Your Thursday, a 20% chance of showers, mostly sunny, high near 94. And for your finally Friday, a slight chance of rain, sunny skies, high near 95. This weather brought to you by our friends at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton. Shop local. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, your building supply experts since 1871.
12: Brisco
10: Deli, serving giant sandwiches, award-winning rib plates, and original recipe catfish with a family-friendly atmosphere. Open 1030 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday. Brisco Deli, we have something for everyone. Located just off Pearson Road on Phillips Lane in Pearl. Come see
1: us. Did you know you can find the latest sales information or breaking jewelry fashions from All Britons on Facebook? Hi, I'm Cameron All We've come a long way since my great-granddad opened in 1920. How we live travel, and even celebrate. But something shouldn't change. Fine diamonds and jewelry from All Britons are still treasured for their quality and value. Be sure to like us on Facebook and come see us. All Britons, Mississippi's foremost diamond merchant.
6: It's Alyssa Arbuckle, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Mississippi's only abortion clinic was denied the request to block the state's newest trigger law, despite the previous ruling from the 1998 case known as Pro-Choice Mississippi v. Fortis. Speaker of the House, Philip Gunn, explained the court's reasoning for the refusing of the request.
14: So this decision of pro-choice Mississippi versus Fordice was based upon the the conclusion that the United States Supreme Court established that right in Roe versus Casey. Now that the United States Supreme Court has ruled there is no such right, then the Fordyce decision is uh, is no longer valid. This is what the judge ruled yesterday that yep. because Fordice case was based upon the conclusions of Roe and Casey, then uh, since they're no longer the law, then Fordyce is no longer the law. So there is no right to an abortion under our constitution.
15: If you're looking for strong, reliable construction equipment for sailor rent in Mississippi, then contact Taylor Construction Equipment. As your number one source for Bell articulated dump trucks and track carriers, as well as Hyundai hydraulic excavators, mini excavators, and wheel loaders, you can depend on Taylor to provide you with the best construction equipment backed by the best 24-7 sudden service experience. Call us at 833-773-3421 or taylorconstructionequipment.com.
0: Just search for Super Talk on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Middays with Gerard Gibbons. Welcome, welcome to our shop on Super Talk Mississippi. Okay now, you have a good one.
2: In the Element Wealth Studios. Are you thinking about or planning for retirement? Do you have a plan? Go to myelementwealth.com or call 601 957 6006 to let Element Wealth help you find your balance between income, growth, and guarantees. The C Spire Tax Line, of course, 601 879 4395. Ed from a New Hope. Informs Comrade Harris was at the Essence Festival. What is that? The Essence Festival. No idea. No idea. Uh let's see, what else we got here? Uh, Mose, yeah, says, Gerard, if the customer is putting that gas on a card, the gas station makes less per gallon. You're right, Mose, there is a, a charge for use of a credit card that the merchants bear. However, most gas stations I see are passing that on now. There's a cash price and a credit price, right? I wouldn't say
3: most, but definitely more <clears throat> than used to.
2: I'm seeing it in restaurants. See? I haven't
3: seen that. Yeah. Then again, I don't eat out very much.
2: I have uh, noticed it in restaurants uh, as well. I don't know if any of the fast food What's crazy this. to me is
3: the, the disparity in price just less than a mile away for gas stations i mean i've seen one gas station that's still selling gas at 449 mm-hmm. i guess they just can't get rid of it that they yep. got at that price yeah and then less than a mile away as the crow flies you've got another gas station selling it for just over four dollars i saw
2: 399 there you go yeah and I, it's just timing so uh, again watching the markets uh west texas crude down uh, it was up, it was down up very volatile. It's that kangaroo rhino has aptly described hopping along. Uh, the market says so, and it's ninety six bucks now. Interestingly enough, city. Th- this is how crazy it is and how volatile oil is. This weekend or l- late last week, J P Morgan comes out and predicts that any sort of disruption due to the war in the production of russian oil could send the price per barrel to 380 bucks that's what their analysts say now j p morgan's not some outlier second rate outfit they're pretty good at this okay that's one possible path of course Citibank yesterday they say that in their crystal ball their economic analysts that uh, specialize in forecasting the oil and gas market say that with a decline in economic activity uh ig ie excuse me recession Eighty-five dollars, maybe even sixty-five dollars a barrel. Eighty-five by the end of the year, sixty-five next year. Now that's a significant decline—twenty percent, roughly. More than twenty percent into next year, or like forty percent. So <laughs> that's that is why it's so dang hard to predict to invest and oil as a commodity because of so many factors. I did just catch a report that said in terms of the price of electricity, you got in your electric bill, your power bill? It's the biggest one I've ever had, my 13 years of the house I live in. Biggest one I've ever had, and I don't feel like we had any unusual excessive use of electricity. But the, um, the price there is driven, of course, uh, like everything else, it's it's the supply of the various energy resources used in the production of electricity, coal being one of them. There were 510, I believe, coal-fired electric plants, producing plants in the United States in 2010. In 12 years, that number's been cut down to 173. In more than half. So we're not consuming coal. Now, I have a theory that within six, seven years, there won't be any more use of coal. I think that's just where it's headed. Uh, and that's why, to a great extent, even in West Virginia, which is where the biggest coal industry in the country exists, they're starting to look at other ways to to um, grow their economy and to replace the uh, the fall off of of the mining of coal and, and the use and the sale of it in the coal market in general, but isn't that crazy? You got J P Morgan saying three eighty. That's of course based on this this uh, possibility of of the Russian and Ukraine war disrupting the flow of oil out of Russia, which I believe is. 10% of global supply and like 3 to 4% of American. But that's a significant amount, nonetheless. Uh, and then you got Citibank saying, no, we're going to witness this uh, decline in economic activity. There are reports again that China's shutting down. Once again, shut down, open up. Shut down, open up. Uh, this zero COVID nonsense policy. Oh,
3: they had a government official that let it slip uh, two weeks ago now, and had to come back and backtrack it really quick. And he now he hasn't been heard of for a couple weeks. Uh, that they are planning on keeping their zero COVID policy in place for the next five years. Oh my god! To get it under full control.
2: So, so the relationship of that move to the economy is they're a big consumer. Uh, there's a bunch of people. In China, a billion, right, a little over a billion,
3: and it's it's like we haven't learned any lessons from the past, from our own history, when it comes to knee jerk reactions in the energy sector. I mean, look at Three Mile Island, and look at the actual impact of it. Like when President Jimmy Carter, for all of his faults, here is one you can really lay on him. He worked with nuclear equipment in the military. Mm-hmm. He knew nuclear. He knows nuclear. He's still around. Mm-hmm. He visited Three Mile Island after the quote-unquote meltdown and talked to his own people about how it wasn't really that big a deal. But he wouldn't say it publicly. So all the useful idiots made a knee-jerk reaction that nuclear's bad. And then Russia cuts corners and gets in trouble with Chernobyl, and now you, you can't touch nuclear. And that's the ball that got rolling downhill that turned into the snowball that was coal. That's exactly right. Imagine if in the 70s we hadn't transitioned away from nuclear and started building more coal plants. Where we'd be? No doubt about it. And look at who was the driving force behind the change. Greenies and
2: idiots on the left. Same with the coal-fired plants. uh, And the the technology has advanced to the point where coal really isn't the dirty material that it once was. That's, That's long been figured out in this country. Now they're cutting corners in China and in India. They're building coal fired dirty coal fire plants like crazy. At least the attacks on Trump were because they just didn't like him. This on the ceasefire text line, not because he was an idiot. I don't hate Joe like the Dems hated Trump, but I do hate the idiocracy. I, I agree with you. I don't. I don't have a problem with Trump. I mean, excuse me, Biden the person. I have a problem with his incompetence. I have a problem with.
3: I don't know. If I knew somebody that lied that much, I would invite him to the barbecue.
2: Well, I, sure, I hear you. I do think he's a person of very questionable integrity at a minimum, right? And that man, we hadn't covered it, but there's a whole bunch of stuff come out on this whole Hunter Biden laptop thing that's pretty damning, honestly. Uh, voicemails between he and, and his son suggesting that Biden, Joe Biden, the president, knew all about these deals. I, I mean, it's... It's abusive at a minimum, but I, I hear you. I agree. Ben from Madison says Dems are not the party of the people; they are the check to politically correct boxes party. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I hear you, and I agree with you, Ben. And and I I certainly have been very outspoken about that as well. That it just it's all about what you are rather than rather than who you are. It should come as no surprise, however, that. Um, Let's see here that we had a disagreement on that. I'm looking for it right now. Kevin from Baldwin. He says, you spread the same lie every day. He can pick whoever he wants to work for him. Same old way Trump did. Everyone he picked was incompetent, and he tried to steal an election. Well, at first, I I never suggested that Joe Biden as the president of the United States did not have the authority to nominate whomever he wants to serve in his cabinet. I never argue
16: with that whatsoever. when you put them whatsoever. in place
3: and you trumpet their personal sexual preference over what their actual merits
2: are, then, yeah, you chose them because they're gay. There's no doubt about it. It's just crystal clear. It didn't really mention, never mention qualifications. It's always the first whatever. That's what we celebrate. Not the most competent person we could find.
3: Because that requires competition, which is racist.
2: Hmm. And I'll talk about Trump's picks and the results that we experience thereof when we come back.
16: Did you know Callaway's has beautiful decorative accessories and gift items for your indoors and outdoors? Callaway's has bulk soils for pickup and local delivery. Callaway's landscape designers, Clinton Streeter and Corey Castle, can design and install your landscape. Callaway's Glutstadt on Calhoun Station Parkway, south of German High. Everything for home and
10: garden—that's what Callaway's.
9: I
0: love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk.
11: This is the opening Agri Market Report. It's the open of the New York Cotton Exchange. The silver cotton was down 479 to 8869. March cotton was down 465 to 8472. The open of the Chicago Board trade August soybeans were down one and a quarter to 1438 per bushel. September soybeans were down a nickel to 1332 per bushel. December corn was down eight cents to 570 and a half per bushel. March corn was down seven and three quarters to 577 and a quarter per bushel. At the market August, live cattle was up 70 to 133.62. October live cattle was up 75 to 139.22. August feeders up 47 to 170. 73.17. September feeders up 52 to 176.62. And at the open, the Dow Jones up 49 points, 31,017. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Mississippi Agri-News Network.
15: Customers, a whole home energy upgrade. The Propane Energy Pod Builder Incentive Program. What's the Propane Energy Pod? It's a total home energy upgrade that combines high-efficiency propane gas appliances to meet a home's major energy needs and delivers superior comfort and efficiency compared with all electric homes. Not only is it good for homeowners, it's good for builders, too. All propane homes, on average, are valued up to 5% higher than all electric homes. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com.
2: Welcome back, everyone, to Middays from the Element Well Studios. We appreciate you tuning in today. Kyle on the C Spire text line, I believe she's, uh, excuse me, I believe Kyle is referring to Corinne Jean Pierre, White House Press Secretary. She does not understand how much they already paid for the gas they are selling today. Yeah, I, again,
3: that's what I was talking about with the, the poor gas station that's still stuck at four forty nine. They're either gonna have to bite the bullet and take a loss or they're just gonna be sitting there for a while.
2: And normally that's not a big deal, except in the situation which we have today where you have an incredibly volatile market. Less than a month ago it was over 120. Today it's below hundred. So and of course that's futures. And it it takes a while through uh, it takes a while for uh, the the material itself, the product itself, to flow through. It's the supply chain, by the way. What'd you call it? The chain supply, chain of supply, <laughs> I <don't know>. production <laughs> line <laughs> chain. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> Golly, Carol says my husband has been in the field business for thirty five years. I've never seen, I've never known of him making twenty cents a gallon. Never. Yeah, so we had somebody else text in and said they typically marked up 20 cents on the uh, – that would be what they call the delivered price. I think it's the rack price, if I'm not mistaken. There's, there's uh, somebody that's familiar with the industry can discuss that, what they call a rack. I only know a little bit about that because I had an investment in the biofuels business about 13, 14 years ago when that looked like that was a coming thing. I didn't do very well on that, by the way, but learned a little bit about the, the supply chain. But uh, nonetheless, I hear you. So bottom line is the folks that are retailing gas, gas products, fuel products, they don't make their money on that. That's just understood. That's, you don't have to be an, an economic wonk to understand that business model. They want you in the store buying the drinks and the snacks and the sundries and tobacco products, et cetera, where they do have a markup and have a decent margin. That's the bottle. The selling of fuel is almost a convenience. It's a borderline loss leader is what it is for you to buy the things on which they do produce a profit.
3: That's why the milk's at the back of the store at the Wally World. You got to walk by everything else they want you to buy to get the stuff you need.
2: No doubt about it. Three fifty-seven in Tupelo at Brooks. There you Price go. Price of gas. Hmm. CJ in the Delta says Essence Awards are kind of Black People's Choice Awards. Okay, that's what where Kamala was in New Orleans. Jerry in Waynesboro asks when is the CPI announced? Next date will will be uh the 13th of july and that would be for the month of june down there with latoya the destroyer the mayor of new orleans she's the one that of course celebrated the unveiling of the uh the monument which was a big afro pick. right remember that one with the black panther's fist sign as the handle
3: Something that up, a decade or two up. ago would have been considered racist on the face of it?
2: Yeah, agree. Not anymore. I wonder if these companies, J.P. Morgan, have some investments in oil futures and are trying to manipulate speculation for a specific outcome. Not. I mean, they have, they have investments uh, across a broad spectrum of commodities, of industries. I mean, there's a gigantic organization so... No, I, I don't think them speculating. I mean, that's what they do. They have an army of analysts and economists that try to forecast where all this is going so they can guide their customers and make appropriate investments. And, yes, yeah, sometimes what these analysts say sometimes can drive markets. Not so much oil, however, a commodity, certainly on a stock, on uh, which is a whole lot more difficult to – to, uh, to forecast other than the guidance you get from the company itself, from management itself. So I, I don't really feel like that's the case. It's It could work both ways. Carol and Starvel sounds like China's trying to reduce their population. Actually, they're trying to increase it, uh, Carol. They,
3: yeah, they've had a decline in birth rate even though – because uh, you have the, the misconception that China still exists under the one-child policy. They got rid of that years ago, yeah. and now it's a three-child policy. You can have three children. You can own three homes. But the thing about owning homes is that's really the only way they can invest their money. They can own, They don't have a stock market or a stock exchange or 401K. Or any, they don't have any of that investment infrastructure. So the only way they can invest their money in something is in real estate, which has been a giant bubble over there. And because of all the economic pressure on your everyday average Chinese citizen, even though they're allowed by the government to have three children, their birth rate has declined.
2: And they they ended it in 2015. The other country that's really struggling with this is Japan. Oh, yeah. You know, who has
3: but they've been struggling with birth rates for a, a long Two time.
2: decades now. They have an aging population, and they're about to collapse under the weight of too many old people, too many old members of their population.
3: Oh, yeah. They've got a ton of retirement age people that are still working entry-level jobs just because they have to to make ends meet.
2: Yeah. It's it's a it's a quandary. We have we have a similar situation setting up here in this country we need to be concerned about. Elon Musk has been very vocal. It's time for a break right here when we come back. Aaron Rice, the director of the Mississippi Justice Institute. Any
0: life to win. Your home for Ole Miss Sports. WFMN Flora Jackson Super Talk, Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Barone's Tree Pros. 601-345-8090.
18: News. I'm Lillian Wu. We're learning an eighth person has died in the 4th of July massacre in Illinois. The Cook County Medical Examiner's Office saying the 69-year-old was one of those injured in the shooting. This as a suspect has a court appearance facing
7: first-degree murder charges for the first time. Police knew Robert Cremo Third well before Monday's shooting. They were called for an attempted suicide in April of 2019. Months later, they were called again after they say he threatened to kill kill his family. Fox is Grady Trimble
18: in Highland Park and the latest snapshot of the jobs picture is in from April's 11.7 million openings. It fell in May to 11.254 million job openings so essentially you're still about two jobs open for every one person looking. Fox is Lauren Simonetti America's listening to Fox News.
9: I'm Caleb Sailors, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. During a meeting held on Tuesday, the Jackson City Council voted to adopt an ordinance that would punish parents or legal guardians of minors who commit firearm-related crimes or are found possessing a gun. Ward 6 Councilman Aaron Banks led the effort with a city ordinance that he wrote back in 2019. In addition, the Mississippi ACLU was consulted to ensure that the new law did not interfere with the civil rights held by Jackson citizens. According to Banks' ordinance, for the first offense, a parent or guardian must serve 24 hours in the county jail and pay a $500 fine. If the offense occurs twice, the jail time doubles and the fine triples. Further, if the offense takes place a third time, the parent or guardian will face 72 hours of jail time and a $2,500 fine. For more information on the new ordinance adopted by the Jackson City Council, visit us online at supertalk.fm.
17: The Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation celebrates 100 years in 2022. If you're not sure what that means for you, did you know members of Farm Bureau save $1 million annually through our member benefits program? That's a smarter way to save. We are more than agriculture. We are what's best for all Mississippi. The Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, 100 years of faith, family, and Farm Bureau. Become a member today at msfb.org.
8: Welcome to Day 4 of Digging Safety Class.
17: It says here we're talking post
7: holes.
8: Yes, before you dig one, call 811. For
7: a
14: post hole? See this picture? Your hair's standing on end, Bob. Cool, dude.
8: Not so cool.
7: I hit an electrical line. And I thought you were trying to be hip.
4: Hello, Sam here from Mississippi 811. Calling 811 two working days before digging is the law, and it's always the right thing to do.
9: Mississippi is mourning the passing of World War II veteran Bradford Freeman, who was a renowned member of one of the most influential units in the U.S. Army during his service. Jack Callahan has the story. Bradford Freeman was a member of Easy Company of the 506th Parachute
4: Infantry Regiment. The unit's service in World War II chronicled in the book and the miniseries Band of Brothers. In 1942, Freeman left college and joined the Army, volunteered to become a paratrooper. He landed in Normandy, France on D-Day, later fought in Operation Market Garden, and was wounded in the Battle of the Bulge. After the war, Freeman returned to his native Mississippi, married his sweetheart, and worked as a mail carrier for 32 years.
9: Bradford Freeman was 97. Freeman was also a freshman at Mississippi State University when he decided to enlist to fight in World War II. As of now, no service arrangements have been announced. And with Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Caleb Saylors. Callow
4: here. I want to tell you about the Palmer Home for Children Radio 5, July 14th, right here on Super Talk. You know, at Palmer Home, every child is received in a spirit of love, and Palmer Home for Children is committed to serving every aspect of their life. It's a faith-based organization that doesn't take government funding, so they need our help. No donation is too small, and every bit makes a real-world difference for a child in need. Tune in to the Palmer Home for Children Radio radiophon Thursday, July 14th, right here on Super Talk. The 10th annual
0: Palmer Home for Children radiothon on July 14th. Here on Super Talk Mississippi, help and spread the word because children are precious.
10: Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour, weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m. Right here on Super Talk Jackson
0: 97.3. And now, another hour of the talk that keeps Mississippi talking. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Begin your transition now. Now, on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Welcome back, everyone. We are in the Element Well Studios. You are tuned in to midday Super Talk Mississippi on this Hump Day. Joining us now in the Element Well Studios, Aaron Rice, the director of the Mississippi Justice Institute. Aaron, always good to see you, my friend. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Gerard. So we got so much going on and and uh, with respect to this this Dobbs decision overturning Roe v. Wade. Yeah. And it's just been a watershed mm-hmm. of activity, yeah, uh, in the courts, in the states, uh, protests on both sides, uh, celebration by the pro-life camp, and and uh, good grief, the pro-choice folks have really gone crazy, yeah. But here in Mississippi, like other states, some other states, red states in particular, we had what are called trigger laws, yeah which is something I never even heard of, honestly, yeah. until this this case. And essentially, if I, if I could set this up, that is a, a law that was enacted that is triggered yeah. that would go into effect based on some other event. It's yes. connected to some other event. In this case, the event was the decision on the Dobbs case. And I think what Mississippi's trigger law says is that abortion would be prohibited in the state and there is uh, some time between as specified in the law some time period between the decision in this case the decision handed down by the Supreme Court and the effective date of the trigger law, yeah the attorney general is responsible for certifying that mm-hmm. and then notifying any organization or I guess we, it could be anything any person yeah. if uh, a trigger law that could be in violation of existing law yeah. based on the effectiveness of the um uh the effect i should say of the trigger law here we are And it goes into effect tomorrow. Yeah, it does. It does. And so the the trigger law, I mean, it it, uh,
19: prohibits abortion except for in cases of of the life of the mother or rape. And so that's what it was. But, you know, again, I mean, going back to the broader picture is just that, you know, state legislatures had had their ability to legislate on this issue taken away by the U.S. Supreme Court in the Roe decision and its progeny, Casey and all those. And so, yeah, what you had was state legislatures saying, look, we can't legislate on this, but we know that there are efforts to overturn those decisions. And so we're going to go ahead and say what we would do if we're allowed to do it or what we're going to do if we're allowed to do it. So in this case, the Mississippi's trigger law was passed, I believe, seven years ago or maybe more. Right. Um, And yeah, and and it wasn't passed because of Dobbs. Dobbs wasn't even being litigated at the time. It was just saying if Roe is ever overturned. And the reason the attorney general is responsible for certifying that is because, you know, if you had some opinion that came down from the U.S. Supreme Court that was maybe a little blurry, people didn't really know what, what exact effect it had, you wouldn't want to have laws going into effect. So you have the attorney general responsible. In this case, we had a very cl- clear ruling in okay. Dobbs, but the attorney general, Lynn Fitch, certifies and says, yes, uh, this decision has overturned Roe and Casey and his progeny, uh, and our trigger law would likely be upheld by the court. And so once that's certified, the, the trigger law goes into effect 10 days later. In this case, that's tomorrow tomorrow. Uh, of course, we had the the lawsuit from you know Jackson Women's Health Organization uh, that was trying to prevent that based on the Mississippi Constitution, and we can talk about that. Yeah. Um, but just yesterday, the special chancellor that was overseeing uh, that court challenge uh, basically declined to issue what's called a preliminary injunction, which would have prevented the trigger law from going into effect while that lawsuit is litigated. So, because there's not going to be a preliminary injunction, these trigger laws will
2: in fact go into effect tomorrow. So uh, Rob McDuff, yes. who's the longtime attorney representing uh, the Jackson Women's Health Organization, also known as the Pink House, yeah, uh, because that is the color li- literally of the building of the structure yeah. in which abortions are performed. Uh, and so he argued that the trigger law co- is in conflict yeah. with the 1998 right. ruling, yeah, right, yeah, and and that was the basis. But Yum. the chancellor, so. If I'm not mistaken, this this deal goes to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court appoints a chancellor. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure what that is. What the heck's a chancellor?
19: A, a chancellor is just a, a type of judge who deals with equity lawsuits like this. And okay. so it's not necessarily about civil, uh, you know, damages. And so it's just the type of judge that deals with a case like this. Uh, so, but yeah, in this case, um, we're dealing with the Mississippi Constitution. Um, the arguments here are are perfectly fine arguments for you know the Pink House to be making. Rob. Mc- enough to be making. He's a good attorney. These are all uh, very valid arguments for them to be making. Um, It's just a kind of weird situation. And so if you back up you know, a lot of people don't even realize that we have a Mississippi Constitution, and that all fifty states have a constitution. Sure. And so the way it works is that the federal Constitution really just sets the floor, and its Bill of Rights sets the floor of these are the rights that have to be protected in the states. The Fourteenth Amendment is what uh, incorporated those into the states, but says uh, this is the floor. But every state has the right, if it wants to, to have greater protection of rights set forth in its state constitution, and so it is not. You know, completely unfeasible that you could have a situation in which Roe is overturned, the federal government is saying, the Supreme Court is saying there's no federal right to an abortion, but then some state could be saying, aha, but under our state constitution there is. I got you. So what you've had is that back in 1998, this actually was litigated to the Mississippi Supreme Court. The Mississippi Supreme Court did, in fact, say there was a state constitutional right to an abortion. We can discuss where that supposedly was located in the Constitution. It was not specifically enumerated in the Constitution, of course, just like with Roe in the federal Constitution. But uh, that did happen in 1998. Now, what makes this interesting and kind of really very much a legal gray area is that that Fordyce opinion, that's what the name of the case was 1998 uh, pro-choice Mississippi versus Fordyce. It relied very heavily on the Roe decision. So it was basically comparing Mississippi's constitution to the federal constitution and comparing what the Supreme Court did in Roe. And basically saying we're gonna do the same thing here you know there wasn't a lot of exploration of what you would normally need to see to say this is a long standing you know a history and tradition of a right in Mississippi the court looked at a few things you know it looked at uh, for example the fact that abortion at the time of Mississippi's 1890 Constitution had been ratified that that uh, that abortion was illegal but not before quickening which is when the fetus can move the baby and the womb can move and so um, so it basically looked at all that, but it, it really based it heavily on the Roe case. And so what you had uh, Scott Stewart from the attorney general's uh, office arguing in court yesterday was that, look, there may be a case out there right now that says this under the Mississippi Constitution, abortion is a is a constitutional right. But it's not going to be that way for long. Roe has been overturned. When this gets up to the Mississippi Supreme Court, it's very unlikely that they are going to continue to uphold that Fordice case. So because Roe has fallen, which was really the the basis, the main basis of that Fordice case, Fordice is going to fall as well. And because we we are pretty sure it's going to fall, you should not be issuing a preliminary injunction that prevents the state from enforcing its laws in the meantime until the Mississippi Supreme Court clarifies that.
2: Right. And as as I recall uh, in my uh, very rudimentary legal experience, and knowledge, just as a business person, there are certain standards that have to be met Absolutely. Uh, in order for a judge to, to rule that an injunction uh, should be Absolutely. Right. So
19: this is what was, they're seeking here, what's called a preliminary injunction, which again means we haven't litigated this all the way, Judge, but while we're litigating it, don't let this the defendant right. do this, or don't let this law go into effect while we're litigating it. And in order to get that, the main thing, you've got to get four things, but the main thing you need to pl- prove is the plaintiff. And I do this all the time in my cases, too. I attempt to, to prove these things. You try to prove that, number one, you are likely to prevail as the plaintiff. So you're saying, Judge, when this does get to the Mississippi Supreme Court, we're probably going to win. Yeah. So the the judge kind of has to almost semi-litigate the case or almost semi-decide the case kind of predict the outcome of the case yeah. and then you have to show that you're going to suffer irreparable harm if, if an injunction is not granted in the meantime then you have to show that the harm you're going to suffer outweighs the harm the defendant or in this case the state would suffer under the preliminary injunction kind of here it would be the state's lack of an ability to enforce its own laws and then lastly you have to show that a preliminary injunction would be in the public interest yeah. and so here the chancellor looked at all that and said number one you're not likely to prevail pink house you're likely to lose i don't think the mississippi supreme court is going to continue to uphold fort which i think is the correct uh, uh prediction there mm-hmm. number two yes uh the doctor the clinic will suffer irreparable harm um uh you know because you know you're not going to be able to you're gonna to have to shut your clinic down and and a lot of things are going to happen to you know your patients, which you can portray as, as a as a harm to them, or your doctors and all that. Um, number three, I don't think the harm does outweigh the harm to the state if it's not allowed to enforce its laws in the meantime. And number four, that it's not in the public interest right. because the state has an interest in enforcing this law. So
2: it's it, even in more straightforward cases, it's a very difficult standard. Yeah, it is. It is. It, I mean,
19: intentionally, it is. You don't. I mean, if you're going to try to stop the state, you know, from from enforcing a law during the pendency of the lawsuit, you know you need to have a very good reason to do that and and be able to show the judge. Again, the main thing that you show is that you're likely to win.
2: Yeah. Let's continue this discussion on the other side of the break. Sounds good. good. we got Aaron Rice from the Mississippi Justice Institute in the Element Well Studios. We'll be right back.
8: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, a 60% chance of rain under mostly sunny conditions, high near 93. Tonight, showers and thunderstorms likely, or around 75. Your Thursday, a 20% chance of showers, mostly sunny, high near 94. And for your finally Friday, a slight chance of rain, sunny skies, high near 95. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service, your Yamaha Outboard dealer in Brandon.
4: Richard Cross, be sure to catch Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the Magnolia State. Every day from three until six, right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. The talk
0: that keeps Mississippi talking. Rolling,
5: hit it, go play it.
0: Middays with Gerard Gibbert. On Super Talk, Mississippi. <laughs>
2: Well, that would be the great Lou Graham and Foreigner bumping us into this segment in the Element Wealth Studios. We've got Aaron Rice, the director of the Mississippi Justice Institute. So as it stands right now, we're just talking about uh, the trigger law yeah. goes
19: into effect tomorrow. It does. It does, in fact, go into effect tomorrow. And, again, the the in this lawsuit that we were just talking about, if the chancellor had granted the preliminary injunction, what we would have is a situation in which, you know, the Mississippi legislature seven years ago had passed and the governor had signed a trigger law that said if Roe was ever overturned. This is going to be the law of the land in Mississippi. And then Roe was overturned. But then, you know, because of a state constitutional – a 1998 state constitutional decision – That uh, law was was temporarily stopped from going into effect until the Mississippi Supreme Court could decide, you know, what the status of of the state constitutional right was. That's what you would have had. And in fact, you know, I would not have been surprised if the chancellor had granted the preliminary injunction. I'm not saying that the chancellor should have, but you could easily see uh, a trial court chancellor saying, look, as things stand, this Fordyce opinion is good law. You know, and so I'm just going to go with that and let the Mississippi Supreme Court clear it up. But again, I said this earlier, it's such a gray area here. It's such a kind of unusual case because you've got, yes, technically it's the law of the land right now, that Mississippi Supreme Court 1998 Fordyce opinion. Yeah. But it is, again, if you read the opinion, and lawyers who might have read the opinion will know what I'm talking about, it was, it was, it really was based very heavily on Roe. And so anybody who's doing this chancellor doing what she's supposed to do, the special chancellor, and predicting kind of who's likely to prevail I think it's I, I, I think she made the right decision that, in fact, the pink house is unlikely to prevail here okay. at the end of the day.
2: It, make, it makes sense. Yeah. And, and that, uh, that seems like that once that box couldn't be checked, yeah. uh, that that pretty much ended it. Because the other yeah. standards are... Uh, yes yeah.
19: they, they, they really think, apply. Exactly. I think the, the the main one really is who's likely to win here. Because if you can't show you're likely to win, then why should you get a preliminary yeah. injunction? Yeah. And so, yeah. But uh, but yeah, so now, you know, w- it, the law will be in effect, and the lawsuit will come continue to work its way up to the mississippi supreme court but another twist you could have in the story is that it could maybe never even get resolved by the mississippi supreme court because technically the legislature could start the process of enacting a constitutional amendment to clarify that no there is not a you know right to an abortion under the mississippi constitution because what you had in 1998 was the mississippi supreme court you know finding that there was a right that was not explicitly enumerated in the Constitution. And you could have the people come back and say, no, that is not the case. We're amending the Constitution to make clear that there
2: is not a right to an abortion. Here's a question. So what happens if the clinic just defies the law yeah. and continues to
19: provide abortion? Severe criminal penalties is what happens. So so the the trigger law that is going into effect uh, makes it illegal for any person other than the mother to perform or assist in the performance of an abortion and can carry criminal penalties of a year up to ten years in jail and fines and all of that and so because the law is in effect whether it later is overturned or not right now it's in effect so if somebody goes out and again those criminal penalties do not apply to the mother but uh, to any you know to anybody else who performs an abortion during that period of time the law is in effect and and so you know there would be criminal penalties I for mean like- who did that
2: literally if it's suspected or reported uh, does law enforcement enter the facility with a warrant or something oh, yeah, is that yeah. how
19: that works it, it, i think it would unfold just like any other criminal you know act in the state yeah okay. so and i'm i don't know exactly you know we have haven't been in this, yes. this oh, situation before <laughs> but yeah i think it would be you know it could be anything from somebody swearing out an affidavit and saying uh, you know, this is this is happening in this clinic, and it's illegal, and, you know, law enforcement getting a warrant and going in to to find out. I think it would happen just like any other criminal, you know, act. Uh, it would be investigated, and, yeah, arrests could be made, and, and you know, court cases and all of that.
2: Well, uh, it just – we haven't had this – I mean, we're in uncharted yeah. territory, yeah. as they yeah. say here, but there, there have been reports in other areas of the countries where – clinics that do provide abortion services are saying yeah we're just going to defy it and keep doing it
19: yeah that's interesting i, I, I would <laughs> if i were their attorney i would not you know i don't know the laws in those states yeah. where the criminal penalties are associated with it like they are here in mississippi but i do think it would be a very dangerous uh thing for any medical professional to be sure to be uh trying to test the boundaries of the laws but particularly in mississippi like I said, i I know there are criminal penalties here, and so that would and and now we also have a court has declined to grant a preliminary injunction, so everybody knows
2: that this law is in effect starting tomorrow. Wow, it's interesting. Uh, so we, I mean, possibly we hope there's not any incident. Yeah, but it's kind of setting up that yeah. we might. I you know I, I I doubt
19: there would be some kind of big showdown over this. I think most medical professionals. You know, you and I have discussed this. This is abortion is going to be legal in other states. Sure. I, I think what you're going to see is anybody who feels that passionately and strongly that they want to be providing abortions or supporting the the, the the provision of abortions is going to go set up in states where it's legal and and try to attract people to travel to that state. To, to I don't think most most people or doctors or medical professionals would risk their license, risk their liberty, gotcha. all of that to violate the state laws. So. Um, But it has been interesting, you know, um, uh, you and I discussed this, too. I mean, a lot of the misinformation I've seen around, you know, what these laws, the trigger law in Mississippi – uh, you know means and what they mean in other states. I've seen a lot of talk about oh, this is going to prevent you know uh, miscarriage services if if you're if you're the baby in the womb doesn't make it and you have to have what's technically an abortion to remove the baby that that would be illegal. That's not the case under Mississippi's trigger law or any state's trigger law. Ectopic pregnancies, if you've seen those uh, or talk about that, that that would be illegal to treat that. That I mean that's again mi- Mississippi's law says uh, you know. You can do it to, to save the life of the mother. Right. Well, I mean, those kind of pregnancies are, are a risk to the mother's life. You can't just leave that. Sure. And so, you know, there's been a lot, I think, of just misinformation about what these laws mean, both in Mississippi like and outside. It,
2: yeah. I mean, it's it's almost as if the the Prospect of defiance by the clinics is more to make a political statement. Yeah, than it is yeah, anything. Yeah, else,
19: and I but. and I think too. I mean, I think they're going down swinging here. You know, is is yeah. you know, I mean, I think they know that this uh, lawsuit based on the old Fordyce opinion is really a low probability, particularly with the makeup of the current Mississippi Supreme Court. So, I mean, if you're again, if you're predicting, and not not that the chancellor was necessarily tasked with doing this. But as a court observer looking in, you know, that old Fordyce opinion read very much like the old Roe decision. And it was, okay. you know, oh, well, there's certain penumbras of rights that aren't mentioned in the Constitution, but are nevertheless there. And, and again, you and I have talked about this, too. There <laughs> are such things as unenumerated rights. No No beef with that, and we want that. But if you're going to claim that something is is an unenumerated right, a right that exists but isn't listed in the Constitution, you need to be able to show that there's a long history and tradition of that right being rooted in the American experience experience, or here, in this case, the Mississippi experience. And that would go back to English common law and all kind of things, and you really couldn't do that here. And so – you know, th- but that decision, again, was, was very, it was not what you would call an originalist or textualist approach. It was very much, we care about the policy and we're going to force a way to get this policy that we want through the courts. And so, even just as a pragmatic matter, I would find it very unlikely that the current Mississippi Supreme Court would ever write an opinion that looked anything like that 1998 Fordyce opinion. You know, the judges that are, that are on the court now are going to say, let's look at the Mississippi Constitution, let's read the words. What do they mean? Let's look at the history in Mississippi. In fact, again, abortion was illegal, you know, in Mississippi at the time, That at least post-quickening. And it's hard to say that, that something is a right when it's illegal under certain circumstances, yeah, you know. Exactly.
2: So. so you've seen a number of companies have announced that they intend to, to uh, update their, their policies, their, their health benefits policies yeah. to uh, cover not only abortions, but travel mm-hmm. from a state where they are not allowed for their employees that live in those states yeah. to states where they are allowed. Might they be breaking any sort of laws or at risk of doing so if they, yeah. if that's for a, a person in a state, an employee in a state?
19: Yeah, I think you could see that. I, it would depend on what certain state laws said. Yeah. And I don't believe that would, uh, under Mississippi's current trigger law, that would happen. And so I, what I do think is going to happen is this, is that I think we're going to see an escalation of this fight on both sides, the pro-life side, the, the, you know, pro-choice, pro-abortion side are both going to seek to kind of be at war with each other. So you're going to see, you could see uh, states start banning travel, or you could you could see California saying we're not going to allow any state employee or you know to, or agencies to do any business in Mississippi because we don't like their abortion policy. Right. But likewise, you could see Mississippi say uh, or other states say um, it's going to be a crime to assist in an abortion even by funding it. Right. And I, th- again that's not the case right now I don't believe but you're going to you're going to have th- a lot of that's going to have to percolate through the system and figure out what exactly is illegal
2: under various state laws and what's not. Yeah. You gotta go? You wanna hang around? No, I can hang around. Yeah, we got Aaron Rice will come out. I wanna get to some other topics. We we have uh, great discussion yeah. about this one and it's very timely and pertinent. But there's some other stuff we can talk about as well. We got Sounds Aaron good. Rice, the director of the Mississippi Justice Institute. We need to talk about the con laws again. Yeah, for back. sure. <laughs> we'll be right back.
13: The only way to protect you and your family from the current wave of gun violence is for you to be mentally and physically prepared to confront it. The only way to do that is proper instruction, training, and practice with a professional firearms instructor. Boondocks FTA is the place to learn or become more efficient in your firearm skills. Like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and visit us at boondocksfta.com.
10: Hello, this is Choctaw Indian Princess Shima Crosby inviting you to the 72nd Choctaw Indian Fair, July 13th through 16th. Enjoy live performances from Ryan Hurd, Casting Crowns, and Lady A. Experience Choctaw art, food, dancing, and carnival rides. Activate your competitive spirit with Res Run, Iron Warrior Competition, and the Cornhole Tournament. And don't miss the inaugural Volleyball Tournament. Visit ChoctawIndianFair.com and like us on Facebook.
13: We have mowers in stock and ready for you. Frederick Sales and Service, the choice in outdoor equipment, serving you since 1993. This
1: hour of middays with Gerard Gibbert is sponsored by Innovative Health Clinic in Ridgeland. For personalized in-office treatment for urinary incontinence, erectile dysfunction, and neuropathy, they help you get your life back.
8: The best made to order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th and Gold Sports Cafe. The wings, the chicken tenders and bites, fried or grilled, and the best specialty pizzas in the metro. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. 769-208-8283.
9: I'm Caleb Sailors, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. During a meeting held on Tuesday, the Jackson City Council voted to adopt an ordinance that would punish parents or legal guardians of minors who commit firearm-related crimes or are found possessing a gun. Ward 6 Councilman Aaron Banks led the effort with a city ordinance that he wrote back in 2019. In addition, the Mississippi ACLU was consulted to ensure that the new law did not interfere with the civil rights held by Jackson citizens. According to Banks' ordinance, for the first offense, a parent or guardian must serve 24 hours in the county jail and pay a $500 fine. If the offense occurs twice, the jail time doubles and the fine triples. Further, if the offense takes place a third time, the parent or guardian will face 72 hours of jail time and a $2,500 fine. For more information on the new ordinance adopted by the Jackson City Council, visit us online at supertalk.fm.
0: Twilight Concerts at Renaissance are back. Ratchet Entertainment presents Twilight Concert Series at Renaissance this Saturday with JJ Gray and Mofro. Big head Todd and the Monsters. Broken yeah. Plus Jay and the Causeways. Tickets are on sale now at TwilightMS.com. That's TwilightMS.com. Brought to you in part by Southern Beverage, Renaissance, Richland First, and Watkins Construction. Produced by Ratchet Entertainment Group. Welcome to summertime in Mississippi. It's
15: hot out here. It's so hot out here.
4: As we always say, welcome to the state with the purest form of humidity. The hottest talk all summer long. Heat's on, baby.
0: Heat's on. Super Talk Mississippi. Available on the Super Talk app and at supertalk.fm.
2: I see what you did there. (laughs) (laughs) We are back in the Element Well studios, Aaron Rice, the director of the Mississippi Justice Institute. So we clearly haven't seen the end of what I think will be a flurry of lawsuits. Do you not? Oh, absolutely.
19: Absolutely. So I think we are going to, we're talking about it kind of going into this break, but I, I think that this post row landscape is going to be very litigious for a very long time and not just litigious but um state legislatures you know kind of i I mentioned kind of warring with each other and so i I think it's going to take a very long time to really settle into what's the new landscape and what does it really look like so but i mentioned this i mean i think um, as you alluded to, I think you could see some states maybe try to ban travel to another state and say yeah. you can't go to another state to get an abortion. Now, um, Justice Kavanaugh addressed that in his concurrence and said, look, I, d- I don't think that would pass constitutional muster. There's a right to travel, so sure. I, don- I don't think states are going to be able to stop you from doing that. I think he did that because he knows – he was kind of showing that that um, we would have the votes on the Supreme Court to stop that. So states – don't even try, I think is the okay. message he was trying to send. But that was there was talk of that um before the Kavanaugh concurrence uh in the Dobbs case. I don't know if I, I, I I'm sure we could see that. So you could see some states say, We're gonna ban traveling to another state for an abortion. Again, you could see states like California saying we're gonna ban, you know, doing business with states that Well they've already them.
2: they've already announced they're
19: banning travel. Yeah. Uh, like state states, travel, yeah. states, yeah, yeah We're they, not going to spend any state money, right. and we've seen that over kind of the bathroom wars. That's and stuff been like in that.
2: place with voting rights, voting as well. rights, yeah.
19: bathroom, bathroom fights yeah. in the past. We've seen this, so I think you'll see that again. Um, but I think you're going to see states try various mechanisms to do what's, what I would refer to as extraterritorial enforcement of state law. Gotcha. So, you know, hmm. Alabama trying to enforce its state law in California, which I frankly don't think is a good uh, a good situation for states to get into that. But I think it's going to – a lot of people are, are not going to be able to resist the temptation to try to do that. You and I have talked about the importance of federalism. Sure. And, you know – whether we agree with another state's policy or not, I think that we need to we need to understand that this is the way America works, and that you know Mississippi has the right to to make its laws; they govern its people, sure. and California has the right to make its laws. It's and way so we want it. It is the the way, way we, it was designed. It, it, it is the way we want it. And as as you know, when it comes to abortion, you know it's a very contentious issue. Yes. Emotions are very high, and I, I think again, I think that we're going to see that. I think we're also going to see efforts on both sides to pass a, a, a federal ban or a federal codifying of roads. So you're going to see people trying to get Congress to either make abortion legal in all 50 states signed by the president or Congress to ban abortion in all 50 states signed by a different president. And, I, you know, one good thing I could see coming out of that is I, I could see – you know if congress did that the 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 constitutional power it would be relying on would be the commerce clause power right and you and i have talked about this when it was a vaccine mandate the mississippi justice institute helped litigate uh with the attorney general's office we helped file a lawsuit against the biden administration's osha vaccine mandate and we argued they didn't have the power under the commerce clause and i think you would see here uh you know that the the court is starting to put more limits on the Commerce Clause, and frankly, I think even liberal justices might be more inclined to start putting more teeth into limits on the Commerce Clause. Because I could see either case: say that uh, that Democrats were successful in codifying uh, Roe and saying abortion is legal in all fifty states. I could see the Supreme Court striking that down and saying you don't have the power under the Commerce Clause to do that. There's a state issue. But frankly, even if it went the other way, if if state if Republican Congress you know, congresspeople and and senators were successful in passing a ban on abortion, I think, you know, the the Supreme Court would do the same thing. And I think the liberal justices would be with the majority on that and saying, you don't have the power under the Commerce Clause to do that. So that's one good thing we could see come out of it is, is, you know, put more teeth into the Commerce Clause. But all that to say, I think you're going to see fights at the federal level. You're going to see fights between the states. And it's going to take a long time for us to really settle out and see what are the laws in the various states and how do they interact with each other and what happened at the federal level.
2: Uh, you know, the, the codifying uh, Roe v. Wade is, is not a legal cinch. It's not a, yeah. a, a, um, a legislative cinch, for sure. There are yeah. lots of issues there. And those who want to... It's not just hey, we just want to write a law that says that you have a right to an abortion. It's it's more than that. It's got it's got to rely on certain aspects of existing law, in particular the Constitution. So they're looking at the Ninth Amendment, the Fourteenth yes. Amendment,
19: and 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 the and the Commerce Clause again, because people forget this. You and I have talked about this before. I mean, the the federal government is a limited government, right? And it's set out that way in the Constitution, and and the, and it says the Constitution says. That for the federal government to do anything, it has to be able to point to a power in the U.S. Constitution that it has, where the Constitution gives it the power to do that. Now, the states, by contrast, do not have to do that. State governments have plenary authority is what it's called. And they can say, we don't have to point to anything in the U.S. or Mississippi Constitution to show that we have the power to act here. We have inherent what's called police power, the the ability to pass laws for the health, safety, welfare, and morals of our people. And the federal government cannot do that. And so – here, what the federal government would have to do is point to the Commerce Clause, which if you look at the Commerce Clause, it was originally designed at the time of the U.S. Constitution was was adopted to prevent the states from getting into trade wars with each uh, other. We had been under the Articles of Confederation. That hadn't really worked out. You had had a lot of trade wars between the states. So the Commerce Clause was supposed to say Congress has the ability to regulate interstate commerce to prevent kind of trade barriers, trade restrictions between the states. That's what it was intended for. So to carry that over and say that – somehow that grants the federal government the right to regulate for all 50 states on a, on a topic of health and safety and welfare and morals is really a stretch stretch now, at best it is now the problem is that this is one of the reasons we've seen the federal government grow just as horrendously as it has and gotten out of all proportion to what it was intended to be under the U.S. Constitution, is that uh, the U.S. Supreme Court has stretched the Commerce Clause for decades and decades and decades and said, well, this is okay, too much. This is okay, this is okay, this is okay. So we're getting to a point where there's got to be some hard limits on it. Now, actually, under the Obamacare decision, if you remember that, that put some limits on it. This vaccine mandate case that the Mississippi Justice Institute was a part of put some more limits on the Commerce Clause. So we're starting to see that it hit its outer limits and hopefully start getting pushed back the other direction. It's,
2: it's the catch-all is what's really
19: Ab- happening. Absolutely. It was used as a kind of backdoor to yeah. be able to allow the federal government to do things that it was never intended to do.
2: And so let's be clear. You, you'd have to have either 60 votes in the Senate or yeah. a filibuster-proof Senate to, yeah. to do, uh, to codify. Yes. And, and Aaron, if they did, it's back in the Supreme Court.
19: No, yeah, it absolutely it would be challenged into the Supreme Court. And you know, on the on the topic of the filibuster too, I think, you know, we talked about abortion being a very contentious issue, but I, I think you're seeing calls on the Democrat side to get rid of the filibuster. Now you know, if you remember, they already did that when it came to judicial yeah. nominations.
2: Way back we in the talked day, about it
19: absolutely. Harry Reid, yes, and then and then when Republicans took over, Mitch McConnell had warned him and said, said "If you do it, we're going to expand that to include Supreme Court nominations too." And they did, and, which and Trump the, got his Supreme exactly. Court justices, which exactly. it, it led to the court we have now that that Democrats are so upset about. So I think everybody needs to take a step back and say we don't need to start changing the way our institutions no function. We don't need a court pack. We don't need to get rid of the filibuster. You know, let's just take a breath and try to try to govern un, with the. The existing institutions we no have, but it's it. it's hard for people to do that on yeah, this topic.
2: I, I agree, but uh, we hadn't seen or heard nor heard the last of this. All right, give Absolutely, us, give me a quick update on uh your case. Yeah, Would we were talking about the certificate yeah. of need case. Yeah. yeah, it's it's you know you and I've talked about this before
19: too. There's a lengthy period after you get past the motion to dismiss of you know just just discovery is what it's called where you retain expert witnesses, you work with them, you you, you exchange reports with each other, yeah. and then you start deposing witnesses and all. Of that, and so we're we're in that phase. It's going to be a good while. I'd tell you that it's probably going to be a year before we have a trial court opinion. Okay. Um, And then, and you know, in the meantime, you know, we already talked about preliminary injunctions at the beginning of this, as it came to when it came to abortion. You know, we are not seeking a preliminary injunction in this case for various reasons. And so, while we're litigating, the Con Law is is still in effect. And of course, our client is not allowed to go out and help Mississippians with his you know, home health service that he wants to start uh, that would be a great boon. I mean, especially to people in Jackson where he's trying to do this, to have another home health operator would be great for them, but he can't do that under the current law. And so right now we're, we're continuing to just march forward with the case, press forward with the case, you know, marshal our evidence and get ready to do all of that. And at some point we will, you know, either have a trial or something similar to a trial, kind of a trial on paper is what you could envision it as. And and you know hopefully the uh, the the judge in the case would side with us. You know, I honestly, think we'll probably see appeals there too. You never know, but we could see appeals there too. So the fight will probably go on for a good while. As it stands, mm-hmm. the con law in Mississippi is on the books, and and we're continuing our legal challenge trying to trying to change that in well, Mississippi. Well,
2: we're we're wishing you luck with absolutely. it. You know how I have strong feelings about uh, absolutely that interfering with the market. Yeah, I just can't get on board. Yeah, you've with been it. a
19: great advocate. Just and and that's one thing that needs to happen. Too is that, you know, we're marching through the courts. We're, we're trying to do what we can there. But our legislators need to understand the, the bad impacts of this. The citizens of totally Mississippi agree. need to understand. So I'm, I'm glad to have other voices doing the same thing. Appreciate
2: your work on that. And appreciate you coming in today. Yeah, Aaron. Sure Very thing. informative. Always uh, a uh, interesting and and a good discussion. Appreciate yeah, it. Appreciate it, Jordan. Aaron Rice, the director of the Mississippi Justice Institute, has been in the Element Well Studios. We'll te- take a break right here. we got Terry Herring, the president of Choose Life Mississippi coming up at
15: twelve oh five. A
20: complete flight source is proud to announce that Mississippi has a new state flag. We are taking orders now for all sizes of the newly designed State of Mississippi flag. Flags are in production, and soon you can be flying one at your home, school, or business.
8: 601 345 8090 That's 601-345-8090. Or online at BaronisTreePros That's BaronistreePros
11: the midday agri-market report the EPA is set to implement label changes to insecticides, thion, chlorpyrifos, and diazinon after the agency announced on Thursday last week that it had received a final biological opinion on the National Marine Fisheries Service as part of the ongoing Endangered Species Act review the first round of actions taken by the EPA affects 75 endangered or threatened species in 61 critical habitats all of which are outside of corn belts states the vast majority of the new label restrictions will apply to users on the east and west coast and north atlantic states according to the final biological opinion though the agency already has banned ag uses of chlorpyrifos, the epa announcement could be emblematic of the future of ag chemicals as esa reviews will continue i'm dixon williams and this is super talk mississippi Agrinews news network
4: After a winter storm hits your
1: propane-fueled home, look for the following safety stops. Power lines standing strong. Gas lines and tanks in place and undamaged. Chimneys, flues, and gas pipes, meters, regulators, and vents clear of snow and ice. Clear away ice and snow very carefully. High winds can shift snow and ice, creating hazardous situations by covering equipment. If you notice anything unusual, leave and have the property checked by a qualified service technician before returning. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com to learn more.
2: Weirder ones there, huh? The song or the singer? Both. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Kind of reminds me, who's the artist that did I Love L.A.? Remember that? Randy something or another? You know what I'm talking about now. I I love L.A. Randy Newman. Randy Newman. Yeah, because that's Gary Newman. That's why. Yeah. But they were both kind of weird. Oh, yeah. (laughs)
3: <laughs> i always remember randy newman's uh you got a friend and me from toy story yeah that's right he was famous for that one
2: and uh his short people song short people right it, it's just the kind of artist he was i love l.a sepulveda boulevard century boulevard
3: <laughs> he had a rather unique delivery
2: <laughs> exactly the pink building can move to sovereign tribal land, correct, says Jeff in Forrest County. What do you think,
3: Ryan? Uh, I mean, theoretically, but the tribe would have to allow them to do that. And abortion flies in the face of many tribal beliefs.
2: Right. That's my understanding as well. So,
3: in fact, I've seen some pushback from tribal leaders across the country with the insinuations from federal officials that they sh- should be putting abortion clinics on tribal land. They're like, did you
2: ask us before you said that? Uh, okay, that'd be a little problem, I think, right? Um, Tim McGee asks, I was just wondering what percentage of the voting population is LGBTQ plus I I can't remember all the initials. It's like less than 2%, I think, uh, of the population is statistically thought to be self-reporting, yeah. Is that right? Yeah,
3: it depends on they don't which know. It's the survey you ask. Yeah, but it varies anywhere from less than one percent to three four percent. It's not a sizable
2: portion of the population. Yeah, from a from a demographics perspective, no. William and Brandon reports that gas was three eighty nine a gallon at the Shell in Brandon, still two bucks too high. The stores uh let's see. the stores at the 449 are owned by foreigners look it up i don't know i'll i i do not know what that means though exactly dan i would you... say that's incorrect for the one i'm thinking of yeah
3: because it's a grocery store
2: <laughs> yeah that has a gas I mean, station attached and it, look,
3: they don't have any cars sitting in it because it still says 449 on the sign and you just drive around the corner and it's 10 cents cheaper and then go another half mile and it's But It's $0.50 cheaper.
2: The volatility and the timing of uh, the movement of the finished product through the supply chain is such that the same situation could be reversed next week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so...
3: Which is likely why they haven't bit the bullet and taken a loss on it. They've kept it at the price they
2: got it for, basically. Right. $4.23 in Carthage problem is now they can't afford to buy things at the convenience store so that's in response to the uh, the discussion about the economic model of a convenience store where the sale of gas is really more for the convenience and the uh, the profit is generated by the sale of the products inside the store I do agree that the more we're all spending on the bare necessities of life the less money we have to spend on things we could do without, and uh, and sometimes that means things as simple as a snack. You just you just don't buy it because of the cost of it. After uh, getting hosed, no pun intended, at the uh, at the pump, there. I agree. That's no doubt. That's a problem. Speaking of the hose at the pump, I've gotten some funny looks doing
3: the whole grab the hose and tilt it up and get every last drop out. It feels like i'm the only person doing that but i can't be the only one i want every last drop i
2: paid for it's expensive <laughs> <laughs> let's see paul and meridian's talking about hemp let's see i am not sure what you're saying there paul hemp plastic you're okay so essentially you're you're a proponent of the use of hemp as opposed to oil Hemp can replace a vast amount of oil byproducts. Hemp plastic is biodegradable. It should be fantastic for the environment. They're dumping tons of plastic. Never seem to see this talked about from the government. The Fed decriminalizing marijuana will basically get them out of the way of the commercial hemp.
3: Yeah, because that's the thing that has been the barrier for entry for most hemp manufacturing is if you grow hemp, which is in the same family as marijuana, you have to make sure that it doesn't meet certain criteria that would make it smokable as right. marijuana, so you have to keep it in certain conditions so that the THC level stays at a certain point or lower so that it can be sold as commercial hemp. Right. So, uh, yeah, if you got the federal government out of the way of marijuana, then you would likely get out of the way of commercial hemp. I think
2: that's right, and there's the whole industry that's poised for that day. Okay, I have a dumb question, but the word created, we were all created equal... Are we not created at conception? Is that not creation, or was that already argued? Yeah, I mean, that's the central argument, I think, of the whole abortion debate is whether or not that baby in the womb is a viable human, and at what point. We'll step aside for a break. Terry Herring, the president of Choose Life Mississippi, next.
0: You're listening to WFMN, Flora Jackson, Super Talk Mississippi, powered by your tree professionals at Barone's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090.
18: This is a Fox News alert. I'm Lillian Wu. Bond denied for the suspect in the Highland Park Parade shooting in Illinois who prosecutors say confessed to firing on the crowd July
14: 4th. The judge found that uh, the evidence was at such a level that he could be held without bond, also because the fact that uh, it is a mandatory life sentence.
18: Lake County State's Attorney Eric Reinhardt, Robert Cremo third, charged with killing seven people. A correction last hour, we reported an eighth death. The 69-year-old named by the Medical Sc- Examiner's Office this morning is the Identity of the seventh victim. And reports say former President Trump's former White House counsel, Pat Cipollone, will testify Friday before the House committee investigating the January 6th attack. America's listening to Fox News.
7: As locals, ADS Security is committed to keeping the community safe. We're the same great company, same local office, with the same local service you've counted on for years. Visit us in Gluckstadt. ADS Security, 601-898-3105. Call today.
1: This hour of middays with Gerard Gibbert is sponsored by Innovative Health Clinic in Ridgeland. For personalized in-office treatment for urinary incontinence, erectile dysfunction, and neuropathy, they help you get your life back.
2: Have you worked at the same company for multiple years? Always on time, doing what's expected? You were told when you were hired there was a chance to move up the ladder, but it never
7: happened. Ace Bolt and Screw Company, locally owned and operated since 1969, are looking to hire multiple warehouse techs with opportunities to move up the ladder. Competitive pay, full-time employment, and benefits are available. To apply, email hr at (laughs) acebolt.net.
9: I'm Caleb Sailors, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Incoming law enforcement officers are now receiving a pay raise. According to the Mississippi Department of Corrections, effective since July 1st, case managers and correctional officers have received a 10% salary increase. In addition, corporal officers will now start with a salary just above $36,000, sergeants will receive over $40,000, a captain's salary will be over $42,000, and lastly, a major's pay will be just above 47000 The latest salary increases are in addition to the ones that went into effect on January 1st. In other news, COVID-19 is still on the rise in the Magnolia State, according to the Mississippi State Department of Health's latest report confirming 3,240 new cases of COVID-19 from the 4th of July weekend. The latest update brings the state's total number of cases to just three shy of 840,000. And for more information on the COVID-19 update, visit us online at supertalk.fm. Welcome to day four of Digging Safety Class.
7: It says here we're talking post holes.
8: Yes, before you dig one, call 811.
7: For
3: a post hole? See this picture? Your hair's standing on end, Bob. Cool, dude.
8: Not so Cool. I hit an electrical line. And I
7: thought you were trying to be
8: hip.
4: Hello, Sam here from Mississippi 811. Calling 811 two working days before digging is the law, and it's always the right thing to do.
9: The new suicide and behavioral health crisis hotline will be changing to 988 starting July 16th. Wendy Bailey from the Mississippi Department of Mental Health tells us who the hotline is for and how the process works.
21: There was a situation on the Gulf Coast where there was a suicide in a school. And the mobile crisis response team was called in to talk to students there at the school. So it's not necessarily a one-on-one response. Sometimes the team may go into more of a group setting and provide that assistance. Um, Region 8, which is here in the um, metro area, they've responded before to a fire department who had a very serious situation occur. And their fire department um, employees needed some additional assistance and some crisis counseling. Counseling. And the mobile crisis team went in and did that with a local fire department. So it's not just the family member or the individual. Sometimes there are these these group situations as well that our mobile crisis teams respond to.
9: Suicide is the 12th leading cause for death in Mississippi. I'm Caleb Saylors. Join Mississippi's
1: handyman, Buddy Slowick, every Saturday from 10 till noon as he broadcasts live from the Mississippi Construction Education Foundation Studio. Whether you're looking to learn a trade or expand your skills, contact MCEF today.
12: Prime Shrimp is a proud sponsor of Tasty Tuesday on Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Go to PrimeShrimp.com to get pre-seasoned, easy-to-cook shrimp delivered straight to your door.
4: Welcome to the Capital City metro area. Love to have you join me tomorrow morning, 6 to 9, Gallo Show. We'll start your day the informed way. Super Talk Mississippi 97.3. And now, the talk that keeps
0: Mississippi talking.
15: That's what I like listening.
0: You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Here on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Welcome back, everyone, to Middays, Hour 3 of the program on this Hump Day. Joining us now in the Element Wealth Studios, Terry Herring, the president of Choose Life Mississippi. Terry, thanks for coming in.
21: Thank you for having me.
2: All right, so you were telling me off the air, besides Choose Life, you're also uh, involved in another organization. It's involved in some lobbying efforts, right? Yes,
21: yeah, so I've been involved in advocating for pro-life legislation for over 30 years wow. uh, and worked with Americans United for Life as their state affiliate. So Mississippi is, has really worked hard to get where we are today.
2: Okay, so kind of, kind of a dual role, if you will, uh, being president of... Uh, Choose Life, which I assume is a counseling center, right?
21: Well, you know what, What okay, so Choose Life, um, at, at one point when, after Florida had, um, their first Choose Life license plate, Mississippi, um, Uh, Lobbied. We lobbied Mississippi Legislature for a Choose Life license plate in Mississippi and created the 501c3, which is the Choose Life Mississippi. And we are um, providing grants to over 30 pregnancy resource centers. I got you. So the pregnancy resource centers are independent of us, and they raise their own funds for the majority of what they do. However, having that that little bit of extra coming from people who purchase a license plate has uh, resulted in almost $4 million dollars. over the last several years. Okay,
2: so indirectly involved in that you're providing financial support to the organization to do provide these sorts of services. That's right, yes. Uh, One I'm familiar with locally, Center for Pregnancy Choices, I believe? Yes. Yeah.
21: Yes, the Center for Pregnancy Choices is uh, probably our best model in the sense that um, they're the largest and they provide the most services. And there's a a broad spectrum of what the different uh, clinics um, um, the, the CPC clinics provide. However, um, I think the thing that's important is they provide compassion and, and, and they help the women deal with the, the fear that comes with an unexpected pregnancy. And so getting, some, getting them in the door and being able to work them through the, through whatever system is available to them. And what we have found is that over the last several years, just having a good referral system is really helpful to yeah. the pregnancy resource centers as well. You know, the women come in with different problems, and they will find help there. And some of them don't have support at home, so it's very important to have the pregnancy resource centers there.
2: Got gotcha. you. All right, so we've got this trigger law. We were just talking to uh, Aaron Rodgers. About it. Uh, He's from the Mississippi Justice Institute, uh, scheduled to go into effect tomorrow, effectively ending uh, abortions in the state of Mississippi. We have one clinic remaining in the state that that, uh, provides abortions, and they're essentially won't be doing that tomorrow.
21: Yes, it it has been. And, and the abortions have actually gone up in the last several years because you had COVID and then you had people coming over from Texas and Louisiana. Um, so this clinic has, has definitely does the lion's share of the abortions. And in fact, like 69 abortions a week. Uh, are performed wow. in that clinic. So this is this is a lot of babies, a lot of women needing help and, and you know we're really turning to the public and saying, you know, look look for your local pregnancy center, find out m- more about what you can do to help. But financial help obviously is the number one thing people can do. Buying a Choose Life tag um helps us provide them with additional funding. Uh but the other thing is uh that we want the churches to engage because you know, we have to change mississippi right because you know what we're looking at and and what people are talking about and our statistics just need to change overall and this is an opportunity to stop using an abortion as an excuse to try to deal with poverty right i tell the the liberal news media all the time okay we've had 50 years to experiment with this we haven't ended poverty by having abortion killing one more poor child is not going to make someone rich and it's not going to make mississippi rich so it's time for people to engage in a way that that we hope will I, and i have had a lot more people say like um you know how can i get involved so maybe the hope um, that we can turn this around will bring more people into saying can I help one woman can I help one child survive abortion um, and and part of that is through this system of the pregnancy resource centers and again one abortion clinic but 30 pregnancy resource centers
2: yeah, that, that makes sense so you know what I, I don't feel like gets talked about enough uh, Terry is these these centers that as you guys and your efforts are helping to fund, how many babies are they saving?
21: You know, everyone has a different story about how many babies are saved, but I know just the, the sidewalk counselors here in Jackson save over a baby, a, a hundred babies a year, and in that they're keeping up with how many women they've referred to. I got you to the the centers, so it's you know the numbers uh, vary from center to center, but you know a lot of it is getting women in the door, and I think that that looking at what's happened with um, the Dobbs case and ending abortion, except for any. You know, very extreme circumstances in Mississippi, will give women the opportunity to think about going to one of these centers. And we pray that, that they will go there because we know that that compassionate person on the other side of that door is their best friend. And and we can get women through these pregnancies. We've heard so much fear. Just, you know, even if you're not pregnant right now, you are afraid that, that ending abortion is going to be catastrophic. And, uh, and, and, you know, you go, People are this upset over a baby being born. This is something that happens every day. Babies are born. And uh, many of us have experienced an unexpected pregnancy. But I'll tell you, the, the the main thing with women that I see is the regret of having an abortion. And these uh, pregnancy resource centers help women who are post-abortive as well. So I think this has kind of stirred a, a hornet's nest in some people's lives, just knowing that um, they've already experienced abortion, they're still in pain, and they may be seeking help. And the pregnancy resource centers do that as well.
2: I got you. I, I just um, I, I don't feel like the efforts are recognized the way they should be, that they're literally human beings, human babies are being saved through their efforts, through their counseling efforts and, and support uh, systems as well. And speaking of that, uh, Attorney General Lynn Fitch was on the program last week, and, uh, of course, she spearheaded the case, but was discussing the need for the state and society in general to step up and provide more support, uh, financial and otherwise, to uh, mothers uh, or prospective mothers that have an unplanned pregnancy, uh, both throughout uh, the term of, of the gestation, and then also uh post uh, post birth that, that we got to step up and be more involved and provide support systems you, any thoughts on that
21: well I think that that the compassion that comes through uh, a partnership with private, and, and public is really important. You know, Speaker Gunn spearheaded a bill to provide $3.5 million extra to the pregnancy resource centers through um, tax credits. And I think if businesses will invest there, then just that is uh, providing a, a huge boost to the pregnancy centers. Uh, what we would like to see moving forward is um, that in some states, they have full medical pregnancy resource centers. And, and we've seen... What government did and government fails because the compassion is not there and I think for all of us I mean I think people sometimes I see people shake their heads and just think like oh another you know another pregnant woman but you know this this pregnant mother needs our help and uh, I think getting men you know men to father their their children sure. the other thing is to realize that adoption is something that that many of our centers also provide counseling for and 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 information on and we we uh, uh, we overlook ad, adoption because there are over a million couples waiting to adopt even their first baby. So these babies are not unwanted, and people who are not prepared, women who are not prepared to parent do not have to parent this child. So I keep hearing this narrative that they have a baby, they're not ready to have a baby, um, you know whatever the circumstances are, that that we really need to change our narrative on adoption. What I hear is we celebrate, we clap for someone who adopts a baby but are we clapping for a woman who places her child for adoption that's a very very heroic um in some many ways selfless right because you know our natural inclination would be to sure. to parent a child whether we're ready or not and uh, i've met a few Uh, people, women who have placed their children for adoption. And to me, they are heroes as well. So um, let's just kind of change our narrative moving forward so that we can encourage people that that don't need to be parenting at at this time. That's a good point. We don't don't think a lot
2: about the mother. That's that's a great point. Appreciate that. And uh, we got to go. But final comment is uh, folks I know that have been through adoption say the system is a mess and needs a lot of work
21: right and we are working with the speaker and the governor's office and trying to put together some coalitions sure. where we can work in that partnership we're going to stay of private on it. and public
2: we're going to stay on it we really are because it's essential
21: it is in my view. It appreciate
2: is. it Terry thanks for coming on
21: thank you so much have a great day
2: you too element well studios is where middays is being broadcast from today we'll be right back <laughs>
8: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, a 60% chance of rain under mostly sunny conditions, high near 93. Tonight, showers and thunderstorms likely, or around 75. For Thursday, a 20% chance of showers, mostly sunny, high near 94. And for your finally Friday, a slight chance of rain, sunny skies, high near 95. This weather brought to you by our friends at Gaddis mclaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton. Shop local. Gaddis mclaurin Mercantile, your building supply experts since 1871.
12: I'm Lauren McGraw with Got To Go. Have you got bathroom restoration or construction going on? Well, we've got you covered with deluxe luxury restrooms with air conditioning, LED lights, radio, Bluetooth, and all the amenities for your needs. When you've got to go, you've got to go. Got to go. 601-879-3969. Hi,
9: I'm John
4: Albritton. If your diamond seems smaller today than yesterday, trade it for a larger stone at Albritton's. Our certified gemologist will give you a generous, no-obligation appraisal of your diamond, which can be applied to your new selection. Whether you choose to remount your existing stone or simply trade it, you'll get the most diamond value at Albritton's.
15: Quality and value go hand-in-hand at
7: Albritton's.
15: Well, think again. If you suffer from any type of erectile dysfunction, regardless of your age or medical history, Innovative Health Clinic in Ridgeland can help. Their treatment options work without pain, needles, surgery, or medications, and no downtime. Using the latest proven technology. Call 601-944-5585 or visit InnovativeHealthClinic.net for an appointment today.
10: Frisco Deli serving giant sandwiches, award-winning rib plates, and original recipe catfish with a family-friendly atmosphere. Open 1030 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday. Brisco Deli. We have something for everyone. Located just off Pearson Road on Phillips Lane in Pearl. Come see us.
7: Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today. 6019. 939-7420.
12: A proud provider of Rheem Home AC systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? Dream, <sighs> the new degree of comfort.
4: Get over here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning, six to nine. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis—all right here on Super Talk Jackson, ninety-seven point three. Now back to middays with Gerard here on Super Talk
0: Mississippi.
2: Welcome back, everyone. Middays from the Element Well Studios. We thank you so much for joining us. We're happy to say that we will air the 10th annual Palmer Home for Children Radiothon. On Thursday, July the 14th, here on Super Talk Mississippi, every year there are children across Mississippi that need a loving home. And many times these children are caught in unimaginable circumstances. And that's why we need your help. You'll learn how Palmer Home for Children serves vulnerable children. It's a faith-based organization that doesn't take government money, so we need your help. We want you to listen in and join us for the 10th Annual Palmer Home for Children Radiothon. That's all happening and on July 14th there on Super Top Mississippi. And most importantly, we need you to chip in, help out, so we can get Rhino a do. <laughs> or a lack thereof. Uh, exactly. Uh, Bald and baby faced. All go. if you make the
3: right donations to help the kids at Palmer Home.
2: Yep, yeah, indeed. We, uh, we look forward to that. The markets, the Dow down 75, it's been that, – that kangaroo's been hopping around like crazy today, uh, yesterday as well. Uh, that is in anticipation of uh, the minutes, the Fed's June meeting minutes released, uh, any minute now. And, uh, of course, investors are going to pour over the minutes and examine them closely to see if they can figure out what that wily Fed is going to do with respect to interest rates, et cetera. It's most believed we got another 75 basis points, three-quarters of a percent uh, tick up coming this month. That would be two in a row, two consecutive months, two consecutive meetings in a row. The Fed will have increased rates by that amount. The 10-year is down below uh, 3%. Of course, mortgages, credit card rates, et cetera, are all tied to the 10-year Treasury bond. It had ticked up near 3.5% just a couple of weeks ago. Now it's falling again as investors uh, look to rotate their their money into risk, uh, lower risk investments in U.S. Treasury bonds backed by the full faith and credit of the United States are considered the least risk investment one can make in general, okay. and so yields are down. Uh, we'll be checking that out and seeing where it's going. The Nasdaq, meantime, is up. Crude oil, ninety-eight bucks, down a buck thirty-three. It was down to ninety-six earlier, and we talked about this earlier. We got two of the major Wall Street banks with uh, different outlooks. On the future price of oil, Citibank predicting yesterday, we could see it go all the way down to below 80 bucks, which is a lot, by the way. So, see, uh, whiz, this year it's up, just looking at it, it's up 36% crude oil, 25 bucks a, a barrel. That's a lot. But it is uh, intraday. It was up for a while, and now it's down. It's that dead gum kangaroo. Wow. Why does Kevin, Karen in Oxford says, <laughs> why does Kevin tune in and inter- interact with a show he so deeply disagree with? Uh, he disagrees with, excuse me. He needs a scapegoat for the reason he wakes up offended. That would be option A. Option B, according to Karen in Oxford, is he awaits the day he can report you to the government. The thought police. Gotcha. He very desperately needs a hobby that makes him a happier person. (laughs) Look, we like to banter back and forth with Kevin, and we welcome his engagement and comments. But when he says things, or anybody for that matter, we're not picking on Kevin specifically, but if they say things... That are are just uh, really not a fair representation of what we say, willfully ignorant <laughs> or just inaccurate. Yeah, we're going to call that out. So, uh, in in the case of the comment we made earlier, I, I I've been clear about this since Joe Biden started appointing or nominating uh, cabinet secretaries that I thought it was just all social justice woke at play, and uh, not really any regard or consideration for the qualifications of the individual. That was very secondary to their race, their gender, their sexual orientation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, now we got, by the way, Secretary of Homeland Security Mayorkas is telling the world the border is secure. But there's a report this morning this president is very committed to securing the border. He also maintains that those who cross illegally are being processed and they're being returned. No. We know for a fact they're being dispersed inside the country with transportation funded by taxpayer dollars.
3: I think I have some audio of my orcas here. Sorry, that was Animal House.
2: <laughs> I was wondering. <laughs> you got. <laughs> Might as well be my orcas. <laughs> That's pretty much it. I mean, how could he say that with a straight face, honestly? And this was on the Hill, by the way. He was being questioned by, I can't remember who it was specifically, a member of Congress. And he just. No, but I'm asking you, is the border secure? This president is committed to securing the border, but is it secure? And he just wouldn't answer the question. And you're right, it's kind of an animal house scenario. Um, But how could you look at that and say this guy's not, and not say this guy's incompetent? I mean, it's pretty clear he's incompetent. You're telling us the border is secure. So we've got several counties now in South Texas. Who have banded together? You've seen this, and they're declaring that what we have going on is an invasion. And we've got law enforcement, sheriffs, and so forth of those counties that are saying we get, we're going to take this into this matter into our own hands, essentially. And I saw an in- interview with a, a um, sheriff this morning. I don't remember the particular county, but said he has people that live in his jurisdiction that literally are afraid for their lives, like they're going to wake up every day and there are illegals on their property, sometimes dead on their property, sometimes uh, these illegals may threaten them and their property, and we got a cabinet secretary over Homeland Security that says it's all secure. And that's, I think that's what drives people crazy. And, by the way, it's not just Republicans that are incensed about this. It's Democrats as well. And these are obviously counties that are primarily inhabited by Hispanics and those of Hispanic descent from an ethnicity perspective. They're obviously American citizens. But I think they've had it with the president. That's pretty clear. Because... Once again, he is driven by and guided by ideology and is genuflecting at the various false gods of climate change and immigration and equity and social justice and not concerned about the best interest of this country. It's disturbing. That's who we have leading. But there are chinks in the armor. There are lots of reports about even Democrats getting pretty worried about what they see. They know that you got to know they're getting an earful from their constituents. This isn't who we thought we were putting in there. It's not going that well for us. Imagine that. And so uh, they're starting to receive some Some backlash and some pushback, and I think that's gonna play out in the midterms for sure. And we'll see where all that all that goes. But anyhow, Karen, I appreciate your analysis there. My OBGYN doctor friends are all saying that this law will cause major medical emergencies among young women that the state has no idea how much trouble they are about to have on their hands regarding determining miscarriages versus at-home abortions. That's on the ceasefire tax line. I, I will say I've, I've heard the same, and um, I think that just illustrates that this is a problem and that we as a society, including our government, we've got to take some action to ensure that these unplanned pregnancies are, um, that there is support available to the women who, who um, experience that and that we take care of them uh, the best we can, that there's outreach from just a, a cross-section government, uh, society in general, churches, not-for-profit centers, etc. All got to work together. We'll come back. We're in the Element Well Studios. we got half an hour left on Middays.
5: At Clinton Body Shop, we really do take pride in perfection. And that's why we've been awarded the ICAR Gold Certification for our 30th year straight. Only 11 shops worldwide have accomplished this. If an insurer tries to steer you somewhere else, tell them you want the shop that's certified by the manufacturer of the car you drive. We're located in Clinton and Richland, or online at ClintonBodyShop.com. This is Home Answers Radio, and my guest today is Trey Jackson of Bulldog Construction. Trey, if a business has uneven sidewalks, they're asking for trouble. Would you agree?
18: Thanks, everyone, for baking your way here on this toasty morning. Are you all ready to jam? Excellent. Before we get rolling, let's start by hashing out everything bagel will be discussing. Profit margarines are okay, but they could maybe be butter. Sorry, I don't mean to waffle. Next quarter, it's all
15: or muffin. Did you have a question, Sausage Patty?
21: Um, my name's Patricia.
15: When you can't take your mind off breakfast, it matters where you stay. Delicious
10: breakfast available at our Hilton family of brands. Hilton, for the stay.
9: I'm Caleb Sailors, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Incoming law enforcement officers are now receiving a pay raise. According to the Mississippi Department of Corrections, effective since July 1st, case managers and correctional officers have received a 10% salary increase. In addition, corporal officers will now start with a salary just above $36,000, sergeants will receive over $40,000, a captain's salary will be over $42,000, and lastly, a major's pay will be just above 47000 The latest salary increases are in addition to the ones that went into effect on January 1st. In other news, COVID-19 is still on the rise in the Magnolia State, according to the Mississippi State Department of Health's latest report confirming 3,240 new cases of COVID-19 from the 4th of July weekend. The latest update brings the state's total number of cases to just three shy of 840,000. And for more information on COVID-19 update, visit us online at supertalk.fm
14: This
7: is Brian Haydad of Sports Talk Mississippi. I want to remind you about the 10th annual Palmer Home for Children Radiothon on July 14th, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. When you donate to Palmer Home for Children, you're helping complete a child's life through healing and restoration. That's the Palmer Home for Children Radiothon on July 14th on Super Talk Mississippi. Listen, help, and spread the word, because children are precious.
2: Welcome, Midday, Super Talk Mississippi. We're in the Element Well Studios. Have you ever noticed the pro-choice, pro-abortion crowd is also the everyone-gets-a-trophy crowd that know nothing of personal responsibility? This is from Mose on the tech Line text line. It's no wonder they are now wanting to know how the state is going to pay to raise the children they can't abort. Yeah, I, I hear you, Mose, and and um, there's no doubt that one of the big criticisms you hear from the pro-choice uh, crowd is that there really is no option for a, an unplanned pregnancy, or not no option, but in many cases they say that society, the government, etc., doesn't provide any way to... Uh, support the mother, the child, et cetera. And in some cases, that's even the case with um, professional working women who simply don't want a child that would interfere with their career, and that's an abortion out of convenience, and they don't want that, and they can't afford the cost of child care, which has absolutely gone through the roof. There's no doubt about that. So all of those dynamics are certainly in in play. Uh, I'm not for expanding a big government welfare state, but I think you're going to see calls for it. You're going to see calls for providing some sort of uh, financial support to uh, mothers, parents, uh, for childcare. I, I think you're going to see a big push for that. Even amongst Republicans, you're going to see that. Uh, and the concept of personal responsibility, and and, and certainly in the, in the situation, which is maybe the ultimate test of personal responsibility, to care for a child, your offspring, yeah, that's going to be put to the test. I don't think there's any question. And I, I do also think that we are likely to see a lot of uh, emergency situations, especially with, with uh, teenagers. That uh, are unable to seek an abortion. I was a little surprised at uh, uh, Terry's report. What'd she say? A week, ninety a week. Is that right? That is that what she said? Do you recall Rhino? The number performed by this one clinic. Actually, she said five a day. Maybe I'm I'm confusing that with some other stuff I've been reading. But it was a whole lot more than I thought.
3: Um. Five a day sounds a lot more in line with the statistics.
2: Yeah, okay. That sounded like a lot. So something else that uh, I saw a report of, which was kind of uh, interesting, is the the number uh, now requesting a, a vasectomy, males. More men are seeking vasectomies in the wake of the Supreme Court ruling the cleveland clinic pretty prominent maybe the most prominent healthcare organization in the nation says it normally gets 3 to 4 requests a day for vasectomies but that it is it has got 90 90 in 2 days last week so how about that is that reversible
3: I believe if they do the proper procedure, yes. That there is, I believe there's an irreversible one and a reversible one.
2: Okay. Because it's just... Although,
3: if I'm not mistaken, even the irreversible one can be reversed. It's just a more difficult surgery.
2: It's just... It's surgery on the plumbing, essentially. Right. So, um, yeah. Rerouting. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, that's in, that is very interesting. I, I thought that was a... And, and there's a report, this from NBC, that um, there's several examples of those who are seeking a vasectomy. And I, I do think there's there's a tendency to view abortion as a crutch. Well, it's okay if this, you know, results in an unplanned pregnancy. Let's well, have an abortion. I think that has happened because it's been accessible, easy to obtain much more so, much more accepted in society than it was a short 20, 30 years ago. I do think that's the case. And, I, you know, the last thing we want to see, of course, is some sort of self-induced abortion at, at home, especially by a, a teenager or a youngster that comes up pregnant. I may have shared a story that I learned from a friend of mine who's a judge in the region. I'll just put it that way. And he shared with me a story about a 10-year-old impregnated by her 14-year-old brother. And that ended up in court as, uh, as far as how to handle that. You had a, a disagreement about it. And he told me that, you know, he and the other judges – conferenced about what to do how to handle it and i mean they broke down and cried you know in private about it it, it touched them it hurt them and apparently it was learned so there, it's complicated rhino you i know you know a lot about this sort of medical and biology stuff but they they couldn't i guess um in the womb determine whether or not it truly was the brother, based on the DNA test, you had to, uh, something I don't know that prevented that. Had to get to a certain point, maybe, in the pregnancy to do it, um, but they but they couldn't at that point, right? But they finally, I want to say, did she she ended up um, she ended up having an abortion, and they finally did conduct the test and did confirm it was the brother. And then it was later learned that he was literally tying her up, fourteen year old. And raping his ten year old sister. I can't even comprehend this. And he sentenced the fourteen year old as an adult. Rape. Uh, the mother elected to, uh, to to have to have the child have an abortion, but he said that he and another judge met with the child privately and asked the child. You know what can I do for you? and you know the the child just didn't really have much to say about it, and to, you know was not concerned about it and shouldn't be and that I don't think even comprehended or understood what was going on here and shouldn't it's 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 heartbreaking that this kind of stuff's going on. Don't you have to, to some extent, wonder, how did you raise a 14-year-old that would commit those kinds of acts? How did they get to that point? Did you not see something else maybe going on where you needed to separate them, the children? I don't know. Well... Uh, can your guest this was when we had Terry on. Can you guests explain can your guest explain to us what becomes of an aborted child? I don't exactly know. How how is that handled? Rhino? What do you know?
3: Uh, it depends on the clinic, but uh, the vast majority of the aborted fetuses are discarded as biological human waste.
2: Okay. And uh, in of the course big red
3: plastic bags.
2: There are reports, of course, of um, uh, organ harvesting. We know that that's been captured on video. It's despicable, in my view. Karen and Ripley, I had an unplanned pregnancy at forty-three. I was pushed very heavily into having an abortion. It really shocked me at the time. That abortion was the left. What was the was uh, felt to be my only option? I apologize for misreading that, Karen that abortion was felt was my only option. I had my son. He will be 20 in two months. Best decision I ever made. Congratulations, and thank you, Karen, for sharing that. Yeah, it's um, really deep, complicated stuff, no no doubt about it. And, you know, I do worry about bad situations happening. But But here's the deal. A teenager, for example... In particular a teenager that uh, becomes pregnant, I would say then it, it's unplanned unwanted. I'd say that's a tragedy but you don't fix the tragedy with another one. I think that's the issue at hand really but that being said, I think we as a society have got to we, we've got to develop some sort of support systems again I'm not for a big welfare expansion to do this but we got to come up with something to help but more importantly why are we so promiscuous I mean and and I'm not trying to preach here but you know most of the time this doesn't happen because the female is forced there's some consensual situation going on here too but I don't know. Seems like we've always had an element of promiscuity. That's just human nature, I think. Seems like it's gotten worse, though. Doesn't it?
3: Oh, yeah. Sexual Revolution definitely pushed that along. No doubt.
2: CCR bumping us out. We got another segment from the Element Well Studios right after these messages.
4: Family Termite is a proud VIP sponsor of the Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Mississippi's handyman Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon.
0: In the wee hours of the night, when everyone else is fast asleep, you're the one on third shift, burning the midnight oil. When a part fails and everything comes to a grinding halt... Regardless of what the clock on the wall says, you leap into action. Granger is with you and all the ones who get it done. With 24-7 customer support by phone or click to chat. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Grainger, for the ones who get it done.
15: Guys, have Viagra and Cialis let you down? It can get you to the point where you think your best days are behind you.
17: This is Michael Borkey of Sports Talk Mississippi reminding you about the 10th annual Palmer Home for Children Radiothon on July 14th right here on Super Talk Mississippi. When you donate to the Palmer Home for Children, you are helping complete a child's life through healing and restoration. Again, that's the Palmer Home for Children Radiothon on July 14th here on Super Talk Mississippi. Listen, help spread the word because these children are precious.
15: If you're looking for strong, reliable construction equipment for sailor rent in Mississippi, then contact Taylor Construction Equipment. As your number one source for Bell articulated dump trucks and track carriers, as well as Hyundai hydraulic excavators, mini excavators, and wheel loaders, you can depend on Taylor to provide you with the best construction equipment backed by the best 24-7 sudden service experience. Call us at 833-773-3421 or taylorconstructionequipment.com.
0: Arm yourself with everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM, Super Talk Mississippi. You're listening to Middays with Gerard here on Super Talk Mississippi. So don't stop me now.
2: So lots of people did weigh in about the vasectomy reversibility. Tim from Tupelo said, yes, I had to snip and clip 15 years ago. It can be reversed. Uh, There are some cases of natural reversal of a vasectomy." Wow.
3: That would be a surprise. How does that work? Maybe the rerouting was not as rerouted as they thought it was. Wow. Jeez, the body uh, is a weird thing. Yeah, I agree. Like I was reading a case study over the weekend of a guy that was taking cold medicine and anti flu medicine, and the indicate or the contraindication between the two caused him to experience profound déjà vu.
2: <laughs> okay, <laughs> gotcha.
3: I don't know that I would want to go through a whole 10-day course of medication experiencing deja vu every time you turned your head, but the guy finished his course said that they could do the case study on it.
2: <laughs> okay, that's bizarre. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sam from Mount Hermon says, I have one word why it's out of hand with promiscuity, morals, as in none. Uh, there's no question, Sam, that uh, I think there has been a degree of moral decay in society. And that's not to say that there aren't still very good, morally upstanding people. Of course there are in our country. But it seems like we've normalized, let's just put it that way. We've become desensitized to certain immoral acts. We're more accepting of them. Some of that, I think, is just a function of how dang fast-paced move uh, does our society move? Does our world move? And our lives move? It, the, it's just accelerated dramatically.
3: Oh yeah, society has fetishized abnormal behavior,
2: no doubt about it. And I think the other thing is, there's just a barrage of information, and it just and it moves through the cycle so rapidly that we just we look at it, we process it. And we move on. I think there, there's a lot of that going on. But I, there's also, I think, this breakdown of the traditional family is a, a big part of this as well, where children aren't necessarily been, being raised to, to be moral. I think there's a lot of that going on. We've, got, dog, we've discussed that a lot here, uh, certainly on the program. Uh, There are some cases, yeah, I feel like I've heard that story before, (laughs) talking about your (laughs) your weird deal. Uh, I had a vasectomy reversed 14 years ago. Now I have a 13-year-old daughter. Pretty much a miracle because I was 42 at the time and had my vasectomy done about eight years previously. How about that? Well, that's definitely proof that the reversal worked right there. So that's interesting. Um, let's see. Uh, it's been, uh, so yeah, Joe and Meridian, appreciate this, Joe. Gerard, a very thoughtful, meaningful show today on a, on an issue that has no easy answers or solutions. Good job and thanks. I appreciate that, Joe, and I certainly, we don't profess to have all the answers, but we do believe, and I know Rhino's on board with this as well, we got to talk about it, and we really need input from uh, just across the spectrum of society, of expertise, these are very complicated, difficult problems. There's But no it goes doubt.
3: back to what I said last week. Instead of now having nine people decide it for the entire country, you have 50 states working on the best possible outcome for their constituency. And if you have a state that figures out a middle-of-the-road solution that ticks off the, the extremes from both sides, but is a compromise for once in politics, then you'll see a lot of other states follow suit in copying the state that figures it out. It makes total sense.
2: And, and so, the, so... Instead
3: and, of leaving it up to nine people in the Supreme Court or the halls of Congress where they can't get jack Diddley squat done, you send it back to the states where people are more energized, and there's more that can be
2: done to experiment. You know the hyperbole and uh, the misinformation about this this subject has, has really reached a fever pitch uh, from this concept that many have because government and their government leaders on and their party have told them abortion's totally banned in the country which is not true. I've even seen where, this question we had with uh, with Aaron Rice earlier about uh, traveling from one state where it's prohibited to another, have you seen the, the, uh, the tinfoil hat theory that, oh, the highway patrol, state troopers are going to be at the borders and stop you from <laughs> leaving the state? I've seen that. They were running that
3: ad before the election. Oh, gosh. They made a whole big campaign ad against trump about oh they're, they're stopping us at the
2: border really can't solve any problems until we inject into the issue the facts not the goofball hyperbole the Democrats radical don't deal in facts we're out of time here today and uh we're going to be back in the studio tomorrow until then stay safe and god bless
0: a super talk mississippi media production